Hey everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and today we have a very special episode with a very special guest. Please welcome Mr. Ryan Lessman, host of the Agents of Field podcast. Ryan, how's it going? Welcome to Comics and Cinema. Thanks Alex. I'm super excited to be here. It's been a long time coming with all the delays from this movie, um, but I I'm just super pumped to talk about this movie because it was awesome. Is this your first time on Comics and Cinema? It certainly is. I uh, I still remember the day. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but the day that you reached out and said, hey, I'd like to pencil myself in for Doctor Strange. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. And that was, was that after all of the times it had been pushed back? Like we knew at that point that it was going to be in May. So I think that was after like, the second to most recent time it got pushed back. That's when it was supposed to be in March. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's been, this has been a long time coming. Yeah. And I, I remember your phrasing too of it was something like, you know, Dr. Strange is one of my favorite characters. So yeah. I'm like really wanting to talk about this. And it was funny. I, Dr. Strange is actually one of my favorite characters too. And uh, he's, it's evolved over time, but I was looking back. I had like, I was obsessed with him when I was in college. I had like a, uh, I had a good a buddy who was a comic book artist who did a commission on an Avengers blank cover of Doctor Strange. That uh, was like the first time I'd ever had something like that. But he also did one of Black Bolt, too. So uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of excitement that's coming out of this movie. And uh, the title uh, should allude to it. Uh, but if not, we are going to be talking full spoilers for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. A movie that uh, we have been waiting for for six years, I would say, uh, ever since that first Doctor Strange came out. And it's funny, man. Um, I'm just I'm so excited to break this down. I know we talked about we've got our snacks at the ready. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know how long this episode is going to go, but we have a lot of things to talk about. And so I'm, I'm super excited to get there. Uh, what we'll do first is uh, kind of just talk about overall thoughts for the film. And then from there, you know, any favorite moments, anything like that. But then we're going to go scene by scene. We're going to break this movie down as best as we can. We're going to talk about all the things that we loved, some of the things that we didn't like so much either. Uh, we'll make sure we give our due to all the characters as well. And then uh, when we get to the end, we're going to talk about some predictions because I think something, uh, probably one of the biggest things to come out of this movie, which I think we were all sort of expecting too, but I don't think it's sunk in yet is just how impactful this movie is going to this movie is like the linchpin of phase four mm -hmm. and I, it's just wild to me like we've gotten so much doctor not, not doctor strange so much marvel content over the last you know year and a half with all of the shows and movies and all of it keeps teasing at little things and you net you don't know what they're look heading towards but this movie, at least to me, and I wonder if you're the same, but this movie uh, definitely shows, I think, what is coming next. Which, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, we'll, we'll, when we get into it later, we'll, we'll discuss more in detail. But it teased definitely the future of three major groups of characters um, that are going to be coming up that I know a lot of people are looking forward to. It teases the future of Doctor Strange himself. Um, and it's just... Uh, this is it's just such exciting stuff and even maybe the next big team up event so oh yes yes uh yeah absolutely so um i i okay so i saw the movie i think we both saw the movie twice 
Yep. Uh, I so we I think we both saw it on Thursday, and then I saw it Friday. You saw it Saturday. It uh, played just as well the first time. I don't necessarily know if it was like, oh, this movie. I like it even better now. Like it was more of just like I was like, yep. I know that I love this movie. Like I, I loved it on my first viewing. I was obsessed. I, I just, I remember I was just in my chair. Just, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. You know, sometimes, you know, a door will open or something will happen and you're kind of like, you're taken out of the movie realm. I was not, I was sucked in the whole time. I was cheering at a lot of scenes that no one else was cheering (laughs) at, which was kind of weird and made me feel a little uncomfortable. I was like, Oh man, I hope I'm not, ruining the movie going experience as you know some of these characters are getting killed and i'm cheering for it uh but it was you know at the same time there's a lot of shock responses as well so i think my my freaking out kind of maybe blended in with that but um i'll start at least with just saying um movies directed by sam raimi and uh written by michael waldron which is really interesting in the grand scheme uh in the grand calculus of the mcu because the it, it feels like a lot of the bigger movies have a lot more hands in the pot where you know like uh the, all the the avengers movies were all russo brothers right it was two directors and i know anna Bowden and ryan fleck did captain marvel too maybe a little bit but like this movie felt like the kind of movie where you'd go wow we need we maybe need a little extra hands on deck sort of thing and a specifically in the writing category to me with the amount of storylines and through lines that are being worked on you would have thought that multiple people worked on this uh but i love that it was just michael waldron and what i've been telling people is those two i i can't you know for 100 certain say like oh yeah they are the pair match made in heaven like we need more of this from them every single day but for this specific project uh, it felt like a just a really long rick and morty episode that was a (laughs) halloween special and to me, that's like all I've ever wanted. I, I love Rick and Morty. I've loved Rick and Morty. And I love I love Sam Raimi, too. And so to have Michael Waldron crafting a story that had a lot of things in it where I was like, this feels like a Rick and Morty episode. Holy cow. Like they're killing all of these people or they're going to this random universe. But then with Sam Raimi, where he's got such a uh, specific directorial style, I love that we got to see so much of that in this movie. Uh, and it really sent the message, at least to me, that Marvel is really getting to this point now where because they're making so much content, it doesn't make sense to have the formula anymore. And I I, I get that, you know, we can still have the three act structure or a loose act structure, but they're making a really smart play of a longevity play of saying, hey, you director, do whatever you'd like, make this movie your own, because in doing so, it's going to make it really different. And yeah. Maybe not everyone is going to like it as much as more of a mainstream director could possibly turn it into. But if you make the same movie every single time, the, the formula is going to get old and the sales are going to decline, right? So, like, you have to go crazy. And I felt like this was almost Marvel being like, hey, you remember how terrible an experience you had on Spider-Man 3? Uh, why don't <laughs> you just run wild, do whatever you want in this movie? And so I, I, that was one of I think my favorite thing about this movie was how much of a Sam Raimi movie this was, because I'm a, I'm a pretty big Sam Raimi fan. And it just felt nonstop. It was in your face, constantly moving. The camera work was amazing. Yep. The cinematography was so great. The editing was insane. And we'll get to that. Uh, but Ryan, wh- what are some overall thoughts that you had about this film? 
Yeah, I think you said it that it's definitely a Sam Raimi movie. I'm not familiar with a lot of his stuff other than the Spider-Man trilogy. But from what I understand is that a lot of his stuff is fast paced and the camera work is like exquisite and in your face. A lot of deadpan um, just, you know, to the camera, things like that. And I thought that he did a phenomenal job uh, directing this movie. And, And you said it like there's no formula anymore, you know you had the Russo brothers directing a lot of different things. Um, but the, and then you, you have Taika involved, you have James Gunn involved in all these things, but now it seems like with the phase four movies, you're getting somebody different for pretty much everyone with the exception of Spider-Man. You had Kate Shortland with black widow. That was her own style. You had Chloe Zhao with Eternals. That was her own style. Very unique. And now you have Sam Raimi doing his own style on Dr. Strange. And it was completely different than the first movie. Um, I mean, obviously, there's still similar elements with, you know, the magic. It's Doctor Strange. You can't completely take away the essence of the character. And I don't think he did that. So I really liked um, Sam Sam Raimi's interpretation on this movie. And I really love that it was a horror movie. Um, I think that it it played well. It was the MCU's first horror movie. And it wasn't so scary that the average Marvel fan wasn't going to go when they hear it's a horror movie. It had some jump scares. It had some blood and gore. But it was i think tastefully done that's probably the best way to put it that it didn't turn anybody away uh i really love this movie it was it was awesome um just real a lot of things to be excited about and i i don't know if sam raimi would come back for a third one um because i think that this particular movie being a horror movie was um his forte but if he does and he can transition a little bit out of that horror stuff and more just the crazy dark dimension superhero type stuff, I would love for Sam Raimi to come back for the third one. Yeah, me too. I, I was thinking that as well. If if they find someone else and they're like, hey, this person's really good at doing like space or cosmic horror, that's fine. I, I'm not beholden to him, but because of how good a job he did on this one, like I would love to see him do another one just, just to see him because I know he's the kind of guy that likes kind of shaking up what he does. And so mm-hmm. it would be cool to see what, you know, what other cameos he gets or what other references he makes or camera work he utilizes. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be totally down for that. And obviously once we get to that point, I think there's a lot of different things that are possible in uh, the next Dr. Strange movie. So um, let's, let's dive right into it. So uh, I've got this long list that I sent you of as best <laughs> as I could remember from the movie. And that, that it looked as I was reading, it, I was like, man, this looks like I was sitting in the theater as it was going and typing it out. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't, I was just at home and I was trying my best. I was like, all right, you got to just write this all down. If you're not going to see it for a third time, uh, you got to jot it all down. So uh, the movie opens up with uh, a fight which uh, off the bat, I loved that. I thought that was so cool and what a great way to show the kinetic energy of this film of just immediately starting with them running and and like on the run from some giant random space, you know, otherworldly creature, Demon, which yeah. is just so Doctor Strange. And you don't even know anything while you're watching it too. Like, uh, you know, it's it's uh, Defender Strange, so it's not our normal Strange in America Chavez, who again, for a general audience member, who somehow lived under a rock and didn't see any of the trailers, like they'd be like, what is going on? Like, if you didn't know, you would be lost from the minute the movie starts. And I love that idea. Like just being fully immersed in this film, they're getting chased by, I don't even think they mentioned the name of the creature, which again, it's like, 
it doesn't really matter, right? Because we find out later what, what's really going on. But this giant creature is chasing them. We see very soon, very quickly that it seems like the creature is coming after America's powers. And this Doctor Strange is trying to protect her, but at some point decides that it would be better if he had her powers because she can't control them. And she kind of gets shocked. She's like, what the heck? Like, are you serious? And the monster then kills him and grabs her. Well, it basically puts him right about to be died, to killed. So um, she gets tied up. Oh, cracks open a thing in the multiverse. And then he like saves her with some magic. And then they both get sucked in and end up in Dr. Strange's universe. Uh, but this all plays through a, uh, a dream. So like Dr. Strange wakes up and I was smiling too. Cause it was like, okay, this makes me feel okay. They do this every time you get annoyed when you see those trailers, but oftentimes the stuff they're showing is only like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And so I, I was like, okay, I saw that scene. I've seen that scene. Okay. We're almost done with trailer scenes, which I was very happy about. What'd you think of that opening? Yeah, I think it was uh super interesting choice to, start off with two characters i mean we've seen dr strange but to see a variant of dr strange we have not seen before and a fully brand new character we haven't seen before but it worked i mean you're immediately invested in this movie because the the score picks up like as soon as the fanfare ends and you could tell that there's imminent danger coming um this demon creature i, I don't know exactly what we're calling it but um, it was scary. I mean, like if, if you're in that situation, you're not, you know, calm. So, I mean, I think he gets, it looked like, uh, before America opens the multiverse portal, he gets like stabbed through the leg. And yeah. that was, I think the start of him being about to die, but it looked like it almost was like decaying him. Like his, his yep. flesh was turning like black as if it like poisoned him almost. So that I was like, okay, maybe he's not going to die. Maybe he's just going to be poisoned and then they just finish the job. Um, but I think that it's, it's a great opening way to get uh, America Chavez to the uh, main Dr. Strange universe. And it was a cool fight scene. And we see the book of Ashanti uh, and that's the, the key to everything, which then comes back into play at the end. But um you know, it was teased, I believe, in the first Doctor Strange, the Book of Asante was was teased a little bit. They mentioned it. Am I mistaken on that? Uh, yeah, no, I think I think it was mentioned by word at one point or another, but I don't think we've ever actually seen. No, we've never seen it, but definitely <laughs> was mentioned. Um, and then, yeah, we we end up as a dream, and there's something that happens that's kind of parallel between Wanda and Doctor Strange, but I'll save that for when we get to, to Wanda in a few minutes. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. I didn't even catch that. I can't wait for you to say it. And you know what's funny, too, is I, I almost think they should have changed, and, and this isn't a bad thing. Uh, I know some people don't like this, but they could have changed the title of the movie to The Multiverse and MacGuffins. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you have The Book of Ashanti was a MacGuffin, the Darkhold was a MacGuffin and America Chavez was a MacGuffin as well. Uh, but, but they all, what I loved is like, and I, I think this is something in terms of tone setting for this episode. And I'll be interested if you agree with me within probably that amount of time. And it may have been even a little bit later. All I kept thinking throughout the movie was this, this is a comic book movie of like every, all the things that I feel like some of these things people have been, saying maybe a little negative or, or don't understand why a certain thing went the way that it did and why it hit so well for me was like, this is the sort of stuff you see in comic books where like 
this sort of, you know, oh, the, the dark hold. Yeah, okay, fine. It's a MacGuffin, but at the same time, it's a very powerful magical tool in the comics. And like they literally just had a comic book series called The Dark Hold about Wanda trying to get the Dark Hold to like fix something. And it, the whole series was about how she chose a group of Avengers. And literally the entire series was that they all got corrupted by the dark hole. So it's like, it's not some toy where, Oh yeah, I'll be okay. Like I can read it a little bit. Right. And I'll be fine. Kind of like Dr. Strange does. But when you're someone like Wanda and obviously we're going to get there, but like it's going to corrupt you. And so I loved how they just, and same with America too. Like, yeah, you know, it would have been nice to get maybe a little more background with America, but it was total comic book of like, we've got this random This is like your comic first appearance of a character showing up in the comic where you don't see a lot about them, but then in future issues, you see a lot more about them and you're like, oh man, that's right. They, you know, they appeared in that first issue way back. So a lot of these things just felt so comic booky. And I know Sam Raimi did that on purpose because I think he's a really big comic book guy too. Obviously he did the Spider-Man movies, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I just thought that that was super cool. And so, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't bummed at all about those MacGuffins. Uh, I actually thought they were cool because I'm, I'm a big lore guy and I love magical lore. So to learn that these books exist in the MCU and that we're at, you know, utilizing them, I thought was awesome. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you know this, I'm a huge Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, and to see the Darkhold coming back after right, being Agent yes. of S.H.I.E.L.D., I know it's not the same canonical um, Darkhold, but just having that background on it a little bit, since I didn't read a lot of comics that had the Darkhold in it, it was just, it was awesome to see it being MCU canon, the Darkhold. Yeah, that was the uh, Ghost Rider section, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good, that was probably, that was the same one as the um, the framework, right? Yes, it was. I think that was my favorite season. Yeah, it's a it's the best season. It definitely is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, keep your thought. Uh, I'm gonna have because we're gonna get. I'm trying to see how far we. Yeah, I guess we've got a couple quite more a few scenes. Do you want it? Why don't you mention it now? Because we've got like five scenes, and I don't want to forget it just in case. Yeah. So on my second viewing, I noticed this uh, when Doctor Strange wakes up from his nightmare. On the left of him, to, on the bookshelf, there's a pretty large like projector, and I didn't think anything of it at, in the first time. And then when we get to Wanda, after she dreams of her kids a little bit later in the movie, on the night table next to her is a tiny little, almost like handheld projector. Wow. Um, and I, I think that was kind of foreshadowing what was going to happen in this movie of them projecting themselves into multiversal uh, versions of themselves um, with the dream walking. So... I thought that was just a nice little Easter egg to tease what was happening or yeah, coming. That's awesome. I, I And again, this movie is very fast paced and there's a lot of times where when I was watching, I was like, okay, look in the back there. Is there anything that you can see? Is there, <laughs> okay. Come off too late. The scene already moved. So like, I love that there's so many things I still haven't caught. Like I didn't catch that at all. And so now it, every time I hear a new thing, my first thought is like, oh, just get me back in that theater. I want to go to, I want to go to one of the IMAX 3D showings. That was what I was going to do, but they only had one showing uh, oh, really? of it and all the good seats had kind of been taken already. So I'll, I may try and go maybe next weekend or something, but uh, I really want to see it in 3D. Did you get to see it in 3D? I didn't. I saw it twice in IMAX. I saw it once at the Lincoln Square one in Manhattan, which is like the 500 seat theater. Nice. And then the, I saw it once uh, out by me in IMAX, but right. it was, it was great both times. I, if I do go back, I'm definitely going to go in 3D or IMAX 3D because I feel like that would be there's definitely a couple scenes where it's like, yeah, this would be awesome in 3D. Yeah, I noticed the only honestly, the only scene I noticed it in was the the next fight with the, the Gargantos. 
mm-hmm. where there was like a couple of tentacles where they like yeah. came right at the camera and I was like, ooh, 3D. Um, but yeah, no, I saw, I did the, my first one was in IMAX and then my second one was in Dolby and oh, uh, yeah. both of them were good. I wish the first one, we actually got a good amount of cheers in the theater, I think. Uh, but not, like I said, not a lot. And I wonder if that's just cause you know, the trailers spoiled a lot of the bigger kind of reveals. Uh, but also, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought there were some cheerworthy moments, but I feel like these days the cheerworthy moments for people are when there's like a cameo. Less yeah. so when there's like a really cool character moment, uh, which I thought was strange, be- strange because <laughs> the uh, I don't know. There were a couple of cheerworthy moments from the characters themselves of doing things, but no one really cheered during those times. And I was like, oh, that's strange, because I remember in older movies where, you know, the character would win at the end and then everyone would lose their minds of uh, trying to think of what it would have been. All I can ever remember is Endgame. But uh, I know yeah. there was cheers in other movies. And it's so interesting because I went to the same theater when we saw No Way Home. And, you know, there was cheers for everything. Like there was points where you couldn't hear the movie for like a minute at a time because there was so many cheers. And then this movie, you know, even the cameos didn't get that many cheers because I think everyone was just so shocked at what went down during this movie that they just didn't know how to react. Yeah. I love that, though. Keeping them off kilter. Yeah. I I am convinced, though, if they had not mentioned anything about the Illuminati in the trailers, we would have had more cheers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or even even including the uh, Captain Carter shield in the um, the poster. Mm -hmm. I mean, even that I feel like was fun enough to where I had forgotten when the movie started that she was going to be in the movie. Um, but then like when you saw her, the little glint of her shield as the, as Mordo's walking by, my first thought was, oh, that's right. Like it wasn't a cheer. It was like, oh, that's right. Which I hated that that was my response because yeah. I wanted, like, I love Captain Carter. I fell in love with, and we'll get to it though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next bit that we have. So he wakes up from his dream and we have, uh, this section of, of the wedding. So he's at a, the wedding of Christine and we get the introduction of Dr. Strange's story arc, which I thought was a really good story arc, something that wasn't, you know, for him being such a intense character in terms of like, he's super powerful. The, the villains that he fights are insane. They're creatures from other dimensions and, and whatnot. I liked that his character arc was simple. It was super simple. And it was essentially just this idea of, are you happy? And part of that happiness coming from the idea that he feels like he has to be the one to do everything. He's got to be the one to hold the scalpel and it has to be him. And we start to see, this is the beginning of that. And so we hear it from his doctor buddy is Dr. West or whatever his name was mm-hmm. um, sitting next to him, which I thought was funny. Cause I was like, again, I'm, I'm, I've got my peepers open. I'm, I'm doing an ocular pat down of every scene and uh that guy was sitting right next to strange and i was like who's that guy is there is there an asian character in the mcu i'm thinking missing and then the guy started slowly scooting away i was like wait where's he going and then the doctor (laughs) came in and i was like oh okay here we go but then like as i watched it again i was like who does that who just like leaves their pew seat and then someone else takes their seat yeah well i quickly what the second i the first time i was like what happened and then the second time i watched it and it looked like the character who was originally (laughs) sitting next to him kind of like turned to his left and was being talked to by somebody so it maybe he was like yeah let me switch seats with you and the guy was just like yeah "Uh, okay i guess so sit next to strange (laughs) uh but yeah so this doctor guy 
who again was the surgeon from the first movie who messed up and Dr. Strange had to correct him, yada, yada, yada. He essentially, we get another classic uh, reference to the snap and how it's affected people. And I loved the banter because I thought both of them were right where he said something like, you know, how, how have things been? And he was like, well, you know, it's kind of weird being dust for five years. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. Going dark already. But then he's like, well, you weren't the only one. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, and he said, yeah, and for me, thanks for asking. And I was like, dang, like he's, he's coming for blood in yeah. this conversation. <laughs> lost his cats, lost his brother. And then he stupidly asks Dr. Strange because he is the dumbest doctor in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, was this the only way? And I thought that Dr. Strange showed so much restraint in just saying, yes, it was. Because he could have literally told him, trust me, I looked through 14 million of these and this was the only one. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't. And he could have. He totally could have. Um, but yeah, so the, that whole bit. But then he says, you know what? Hey, but you still didn't get the girl. He says, you're the, the best surgeon, the best superhero, but you still didn't get the girl. And Christine comes in. She's getting married. Uh, and then they quickly jump to after the wedding. She has a little bit of a dance. And uh, he's had a couple of drinks in him. Christine comes up and, and says hello. He uh, <laughs> turns water into wine, which I thought was great. Um, and says, yeah, you know, a little too on the nose, maybe. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, on, on my wedding? No, not at all. Uh, and then he takes it one step further and professes his love to her again. Uh, well, he doesn't necessarily do that, but he's, he says, you know, hey, basically trying to get the closure I think that he wanted and never got because of the snap, because of, you know, everything that happened from Infinity War to say, you know, I had I had a job to do. I had some things that I had to do. I had to save the world, I tried to say it as nice as possible, but like it would have never worked out between us. But I also really wish that it had. And yeah. she explains to him, she says, you're the guy who always has to hold the scalpel. She says, and I could never, I could always respect you for it, but I could never love you for it. And he says, wow, uh, how long have you been holding that one in the chamber? And uh, she says, long time. And then, uh, then he hears a noise and has to leave. Uh, but I thought that whole interaction was perfect of like, he's trying to get a little bit of closure and I feel like he got it because it was a very mature conversation between the two of them. Like someone's always going to bring something up awkward at a wedding. Right. I mean, that's the risk you take when you invite your ex to a wedding. Uh, but you know, the, he brought it up, but was very mature in his response. He didn't get upset and he was just kind of trying to tell her how he felt. Uh, and I can't blame him for it again. It's like, dude, pick another time. But at the same time, maybe that's the only time because he's so busy. Uh, what do you think of that whole wedding scene? Uh, I mean, I think it definitely, progressed uh dr strange as a character in terms of him you know in the first movie we saw him he was just an arrogant jerk the entire time we get to infinity war he's maybe like four percent less arrogant in that movie and then you get to endgame and no way home and you could tell he's definitely becoming you know a better person and then in this movie you know showing the restraint with dr west and uh you know not being like you know, to Christine, when, when she says, you always had to be the one to hold the knife. Uh, I loved you, but I never respected, or I respect you, but I never, I could never love you. Um, he could have been such a jerk about that. And he wasn't like, he's grown as a character. And I thought that it was really good to see that they weren't trying to regress his arc and they were, they wanted to, you know, move forward on it. 
but it sh- it was also like showed that Christine has grown as a person also like she she moved on from that chapter in her life and she realized that he was not the guy that was going to be for her and she was she was done waiting and she met somebody who made her happy and that's like really exciting for that character to be able to move on as well because you you don't want um her to be getting hurt because she's been waiting for Doctor Strange who's never going to be able to be there for her so i thought that it was it was good to move both characters arcs forward Yep, especially now that you've possibly introduced another Doctor Strange love interest by the yep. end of this movie. It's nice Correct. to see that Christina's off the table and we don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to, and 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 this is where we're going to have to, well, I'll, I might have changes. I, I did send you notes where I have uh, a Mount Rushmore of moments and we're about to hit the first one. But I will say, I've lo- I, like this movie is so good that I, I don't think I've properly thought about what my Mount Rushmore of moments are. So again, feel free to call this the wonders of the world moments in terms of there could be 15 of them if you want. Mm-hmm. But this is my first one, which is um and, and again to this point, you know, just so we can call it out, Christine asks him, are you happy? And um he says, yeah, yeah, of course I'm happy. But then he says, are you happy? And she gives the I loved her acting in this where she like gave that really content smile of like, yeah, I really am happy. I love seeing that. So we hear a noise outside and uh, we see a giant creature, bits of a giant creature. There's definitely some commotion going on. And all of the character, all of the, you know, wedding guests are out on the balconies. And I just loved this scene. And I, I don't know why. And I thought the first thing I thought of was I said, it reminded me of Spider-Man of like, just, you know, how Spider-Man's always in the middle of doing something and he jumps out of the balcony. But then as I sat and thought about it, I'm like, well, it reminds me of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So I, I think this was actually a Sam Raimi call out that he did. Cause I'm pretty sure I think that was in Spider-Man two at the end where he goes and runs out the back of his window and does that. But I thought that was the coolest thing ever of just nobody hates him. Everyone's cheering for him. He does a badass flip over the railing. His cloak comes around. He's been, you know, he was in his costume the whole time and uh, floats down to go fight. Uh, and we see Gargantos uh, fighting, trying to get at America now in this universe. And we see a pretty badass fight take place. We get to see, I'm um, trying to remember, we see him like summon a piranha, a giant piranha that comes yeah. out of the ground. And then he's got these like giant monster hands that use the uh, uh, the light Street pole lamp, yeah. to poke his eye out, which was amazing. Uh, Wong shows up and he's got like a mystical sword. And he's got that really cool thing that... Um, uh, Zhai Ling has as well. Yeah, with the knife on the that. string. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super cool with that. I love the creature too. I thought, uh, and I oh, we missed it. I don't think it just made me think of it in terms of don't forget to say this, but you called it out earlier. Danny Elfman's score in this movie was incredible. Amazing. I, w- I was listening to it last night while I was gaming, and uh, it was it was it was crazy how. I mean, I get that I, I've seen the movie twice now, so I can get some cues, but there were so many tracks. Or when the music started, I knew exactly what part of the movie it was, which doesn't happen a lot. I feel with like, think of like Thor: The Dark World. I don't think I know any of the moments from that. But when that music fight scene came on as a track, I was like, it. It honestly sounded even better uh, 
in in music form versus it being in the movie because like there's there's some bits and we'll get to it of like you know it was a little jarring watching that yeah. but when you're listening to it it was so cool of like mm-hmm. especially when the one note flies like the way that he does it with you know oh, it's just amazing so the great music score uh, and in this scene too i think there was some good musical cues but part of that too being they really did a good job with this creature because there were multiple points where i thought that where like he, you could just tell so much from his eye as he was like looking around and getting mad, and his eye would like, and then when he like flipped around to try and find America, <laughs> there's just, like the, everything about this fight felt just like we'll say it so many times, but like it felt so kinetic. Everything was moving, but it was moving exactly as it needed to. Like Doctor Strange get knocked out, but Wong shows up. Wong gets in trouble, but Doctor Strange shows up. America's doing this, yada yada yada. Like it, it worked really well, and in the span of like no casualties. There was only, you know, a little bit of property damage. So all considering, like, they did a really good job of doing this fight. Yeah, it was contained to about a block and a half. So that's that's impressive. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I I really liked the way they made uh, Gargantos look. I think that, and I know that this movie was already well into being developed when the Suicide Squad came out. But, you, like, I mean, you see Starro, who is a bigger version of Gargantos, and you risk you know, being like copycat type thing, but it was so different, even though it's, I mean, it's a one-eyed giant monster roaming through a big city. Um, yeah. But I think that they made theirs so different and unique. And um, I just thought it was like super cool that he was invisible for a little bit. And then all of a sudden strange puts that spell on him. And then he just appears as his actual form um, because the bus just like being like crushed. And it's like, yeah, it was like, going to be like moon Knight. Yeah, like it's just in, invisible. Like what's so? Happening? I wonder then is there is there something there, of like the the creatures summoned by Amit, um, the same as these, where they're other dimensional beings, and because of that, they can't be seen. Hmm. There's something there for sure. Yeah, I just don't know. I. I mean, the the only thing is, is that maybe, you know, because obviously Wanda was the one behind all this, um, maybe she put some kind of, um, sorry, some kind of reality invisibility cloak type thing on it. Sure. But uh, it's definitely possible that because it's like an otherworldly being, like you said, with Moon Knight, that it's just you can't, the, the normal person can't see it. Yeah. So... Okay. Well, hey, I don't come. I'm not complaining either way because we got, again, just like the leveling up of fights in this movie, even compared to, I would say, Infinity War. I mean, Infinity War is like peak Doctor Strange in the sense of that fight that he has with Thanos was just absolutely insane. He's fighting somebody with an Infinity Gauntlet, but it's like, okay, well, how do you go crazier than that? Well, give him something that has like 18 arms. And see how he deals with that. And I love that there was the one bit where he just went like that. And the one of the arms got cut off. Yeah. And then the other one where he threw an axe at it. And it cut the arm off. And then he rips the eye out. And so yeah. like, that oh. thing is dead. Like it's not coming back. Uh, and then I love too the cloak trying to save uh, America was great. And uh, getting stopped by the, the motorcycle. Did you notice too when she goes to help them when they're trapped. Uh, and she kicks on yep. the thing. And it made a little star, star in the concrete. Yep. I thought that was a great touch. 
Um, and yeah, so then the creature's dead and they take her. Well, she uh, she takes one of their slingies. And I, yeah. I loved that. Uh, he, Did she, she just take your slingy? Sling. She took your slingy. Uh, but then they capture her and take her to a pizza place and uh, kind of get we get a little bit of backstory now of she can travel the multiverse again. Her everything about her in this movie is funny. My cousin afterwards asked me, he's like, so who is she? I was like. You just saw it like everything <laughs> about her in the movie is the exact same as the comics. So uh, for those of you wondering or wanting to know more information, I would say don't worry about it because now that we've established her and you'll see more when we get her backstory with her moms. But like whatever they do is going to be perfect because they've established her. They've given her her comic book roots. But now I feel like it's anybody's game and we'll uh, we'll get to that because there's some I think all I will say is in a world where we now have incursions. I don't think punching through punching holes through the multiverse constantly is a good idea. I would so agree. We'll see if that just is one more thing, one more domino that needs to fall before the multiverse is in a shambles. Uh, but from there, the uh, so the next thing we he, she, he explains that. And we get a little joke bit about Spider-Man. It's clear that uh, they don't know who Spider-Man is, only that they helped Spider-Man, which I liked. That was exactly as how I had pictured it, was that like they just don't remember who's under the mask, which was fine. Um, but we get we get a very, very interesting comment, and I'm, I'm excited to hear what you think about this, which is uh, dreams are our reveals into the multiverse. Dr. Strange says that he's had it. He was like, I dreamt of you. And she was like, that's not a dream. And Wong even says, so all those dreams are I'm walking around naked, getting chased by a clown. And he's like, <laughs> yep, that's out there somewhere. Uh, but what an interesting concept of your dreams are. And that's what, you know, as humans, I feel like we've tried to make sense of that, that maybe that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I love that the MCU is taking that direction of, yeah, that is what it is because there's an infinite amount of multiverses. So it would make sense. what do you think of it? I thought that that oh, it was, it was super interesting. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about because I was trying to think about it then afterwards, if there's any other like, actual dreams we've seen from other characters in the mcu like right you, yeah i couldn't think of any right because like you have the, the ones that like would be a dream type thing are visions that wanda put into the heads of characters in age of ultron yep so like i can't think of any dreams so we're if we see more of these going forward and that's how they kind of show because like you said Punching holes in the multiverse is probably not a great idea right now with incursions as a possibility. So maybe the way we get until we could figure that out, a way we get a view into the multiverse is through different characters, dreams, or even just daydreaming. Like you could see, I mean, in a fourth Spider-Man movie, you could see him in like school and just daydreaming at his desk. And it's like another multiverse or something like that. So I, I think it's a super interesting way to give a glimpse into the multiverse without having to punch holes in the multiverse. Yeah, you're exactly right. And so maybe for somebody who's like a little more sensitive that they'd be able to go like, oh, I had a dream last night. What was in that dream? Sort of like uh, when Hulk shows up saying Thanos is coming, you know, like somebody has a dream that some big and maybe uh, that'd be kind of interesting if maybe it is America who ends up having a dream, you know, because mm -hmm. she says she never has dreamed. And uh, maybe she has a dream of the impending war that's about to come that uh, we will get to. Uh, but yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And from there, though, they say, well, hang on a minute. 
Uh, you, did you notice the little drawings that were on our creature? They didn't look like magical uh, drawings. And Wong says, no, they look like runes. And he's like, mm. so it's witchcraft. And I went, and then the witchcraft. minute that they said that you got the doodle-doo, and yeah. I was like, and he says, I think I know somebody. And then we got the one division, which I thought was great. We yeah. get to, we go to Wanda. She's tucking her kids in for bed. And I was like, what is going on here? I was like, this can't be real. And then the just so quick cut of her waking up in her bed. I, I remember the air in the room was gone and a couple people were like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's so sad. And so she just wakes up. She is alone. She's on her house, just like in the uh, trailer, uh, clipping some tree branches, just trying to trying to survive. She's just a simple woman trying to make her way in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Strange shows up and says, hey, we need your help. Uh, we've got, you know, basically explains to her what uh, is going on. And she says, uh, well, why don't you just have America come here with me? And uh, I'm sure we could keep her safe here. And I swear to God, on my first my first viewing, I uh, was like, I was like, wait, why did Dr. Strange just stop walking? And then I was like, but then I was like, wait, why does Wanda want her to come here? (laughs) And then he goes and then she goes, I never said you never said her name, did you? And I was like. No, he didn't. No. Oh my god! And I lost my mind. And then she says, "Well, first she says, no, these trees are real. I'm done with magic." And then she says, "The hex was the easy part. The hard part was the lying." And then Ooh. the whole thing turns into just a barren wasteland. What? I, okay, so for the record, I lost my mind. I cheered. This was one of my, uh, this wasn't on my, uh, my Rushmore, but I would say this was one of my moments because I did not expect this in this movie. Everything in the trailer. I literally told my brother beforehand, I was like, yeah, I think the, the plot says something about an unseen force is trying to, you know, get to them. And he hadn't watched WandaVision. So we were, as we were driving to the movies, I gave him like the briefest of explanations for WandaVision. Yup, you know, she she had this trauma. She created this town, uh, but it was actually her imprisoning everybody in this town and yada, yada. And by the end of it, he goes, well, she kind of seems like a bad guy. I was like, yeah, I mean, I can get where you would see that. But like she she took the hex down and all of this stuff. <laughs> and so when that happened, it felt like and that's what I think is so funny, because I know this is this is an area of contention that it sounds like a lot of people have had is around turning Wanda into a villain. When that happened for me, every wheel, every cog was put into place for me. It made absolute sense. I thought it was so good. You think about it from the perspective of you've got you've got Wanda who accidentally turned this town into a nightmare town basically and this other witch shows up to try and take her powers for herself, which is ironically what Wanda is now trying to do to America. <laughs> Uh, which again just shows how far far she's fallen. But she's create she created it all on accident. She didn't really mean to do it, but she creates these kids for herself. And so by the end of it, you know, she defeats the witch. She it's in in a sense Agatha's fault 
because she's the one who teaches her that she's the Scarlet Witch. She loses, and then now Wanda has the Darkhold. I mean, if Agatha was smart, she should have just been like, that's the Scarlet Witch? But look, I I've heard a couple people say this. I think this was on Phase Zero. I totally agree. You see the Scarlet Witch coming? You just turn the other direction and you yep. leave. Agatha should have never gone to Westview. Oh, gosh. And no. But because of that, you know, she's got this book. She has now become incredibly corrupted. She had to give her kids back. And I, you know, I, we're going to get to the vision of it all too. And I would say I wasn't upset that vision was gone, but it did feel like he was. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was a couple of moments where he's mentioned, but it would have been nice to see him. But I kept thinking to myself, how do you bring white vision into this? Yeah, Because he's out there. Vision is out there. And so I, to me, it made sense because we don't need to talk about vision right now. She can go find him whenever she wants. And she has her vision. He's white. She might have to give him some spray paint, but he has all the same memories, right? So it theoretically is the same vision. She does not have her kids anymore. And when you think about it too, like she created vision on accident, but I'm pretty sure she created her kids on purpose. Oh yeah. And, and now that they're gone, she wants them back. So you, you go, okay, at the end of Westview, she's learned a lesson. Well, yeah, she learned she shouldn't imprison a whole town or that in a way, though, she almost learned that she needed to control her powers. And so now she's like, well, I've got this book that no one's told me about. And the only person who's mentioned anything was Agatha saying, you're going to need me like you're going to need me for this. And she's like, nah, I'm good. And then she turns it. And so she goes out alone, which I think is so, um, so right for her character. And I think maybe you and I talked about this, too, of like. Wanda is a loner and I hate that she's a loner, but that's her character. No one likes her. She's been going at it alone for a long time. Everyone thinks she's a monster. They think she's the bad guy. She is the villain. So it's like, I am what you say I am. She's gone. She's gone down this path because no one has reached out to help her. No one has talked with her. No one has expressed any concern for her. The closest thing we see is Hawkeye talking with her at Tony's funeral. But of course, somebody's going to say something nice to you at your funeral. It's it's the people that reach out afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. and the only one that does that is Monica. And look what happens there. Agnes tells her to go away. And even in that scene, Wanda says, well, maybe I am the villain. So like she's got this mental block in her head of feeling like she is a villain. And so the Darkhold took hold of that and turned that into something even worse. So when that when that turn happened, long story short, to just say I thought it was perfect. It made total sense. And I, I openly cheered. Ryan, go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it goes back to I mean, we saw it on the terrible trauma tour of Wanda during WandaVision, but Going back to being a weapon of Hydra, I mean, she was an enhanced person. She was used, and then a weapon of Ultron. Like, she was on the wrong side multiple times through no fault of her own as a teenager. Like, those are your formative years, and to be labeled as a villain when you're a teenager definitely has some impacting uh, or lasting impacts. So for her to not be able to get out of this mindset that she's the villain makes total sense. I mean, she, she did take down the hex in Westview. She, you know, she took down Agatha who was, you know, it was Agatha all along. So, but the dark hold it's, I mean, Dr. Strange says it, it's the book of the damned. It corrupts the best of us. Like no, no duh. She's going to become a villain. I mean, this is the, probably one of the most dangerous things in you know marvel lore it it can corrupt anybody who reads it it could change languages 
to the reader. Like it's, it's, it was a no brainer that she was going to become a villain once she had the dark hold and she got it at the end of what of WandaVision. So it's not like it just happened in this movie. She was reading it in that post credit scene. So it's just, how funny is it that we, uh, we didn't notice and it's, it's weird that we didn't notice for, for the amount of, you know, microscoping about Mephisto in the Bova Milk logo, but we actually get a full scene of her with the Darkhold, and no one, I think a couple people were, because um, I, I don't know anyone who was, but I'm sure there were a few out there who were like, well, not good. All I assumed was, oh, here we go. We're going to get to see her find her kids. Again, mm-hmm. like you're, it's so funny too, because when you look at it, from a trauma perspective and from a a healing and growth perspective. Yeah. We all would love to see our heroes just have to go through their trauma and then they're done. But in real life, trauma comes back over and over. Like you don't just get over things. And so I think it was interesting for us to all assume that, Oh, she's cured now. Like she's just going to go find her kids and then she's going to be happy. We didn't even think about like, yeah, but she's going to find kids in a different universe. And, you know, that doesn't make sense because those aren't her kids. And we didn't do any of that math because we just wanted her to be the badass that she is, which she is in this movie. It just so happens that she also has a villain moniker in front of her. And uh, we'll get to that, too, as we get to some of her more, more questionable decisions that I'll be curious to see the penance that she has to pay. Um, though she pays a pretty penny in this one, or I should say the evil of the multiverse pays a pretty penny for dealing with uh, Wanda. But from there, um, she says, or he says like, well, what now? What are we going to do now? And she says, I'll give you till sundown and I'm going to come to Comertage and you can hand over America. And, uh, and then that will be that you'll never see me again. Uh, very reasonable as she would say. <laughs> and uh, he says, and if not, and do you remember what she says? If not, she says, if not, it won't be Wanda you're dealing with. It'll that's be the right. Scarlet Witch. It'll be the Scarlet Witch. We also get one of my favorite lines in the movie too, which was Wanda, you created your kids using magic. That's how all mothers do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, So yeah, so we get back to Comertage. I loved the line here too, America going. So the one person that's trying to get me, you just told where I am and how to get here. He's like, yeah, sorry about that. I thought that was great. Uh, But I loved this. I loved that. Again, we got to see, as Kevin Feige said all those years ago, Scarlet Witch Unleashed. And she is just absolutely OP. Uh, These Comertagians do not stand a chance. It was foolish to even think that they did, uh, even like reasoning with them. We do get some cool bits where the uh, Hong Kong and London Sanctum show up, give Wong a bow. I love that whole bit with the bow uh, was a really funny uh, bit throughout the film. But I think that also is a really interesting through line for Doctor Strange, too, of showing his growth as a character yeah. that he eventually does bow. But I, I just love that. And he's like, ah, see, it's custom. And it they starts to play on him uh, breaking down the arrogance that he has that can even more. So, yep. Yeah, because it's, it's so funny, too. Again, you look at it with that. By the end of the first Doctor Strange, you would think, oh, cool. He figured it out, right? He, he figured out how to do magic. He doesn't have to worry about his hands anymore. He's all good. And it's like, no, the character growth does not just end at the end of a film. Like it's built on over time and there's times where you fall back. Like he's still an arrogant guy. And so I think this film did a lot of work to try and break down that idea and to show that he's more of a team player and wanting to be um, wanting to not always hold the scalpel. Um, But, oh my God, this fight, we've got 
her okay we'll do our favorite moments but her barraging where she like she like slides to the side and throws like eight different ones and they mm -hmm. all hit at different spots uh the mental where he's like fortify her minds yep and uh she tells the one guy to run that was, that was so, so close to being like that age of ultron moment where she yep. like creaks behind captain america and then disappears she, behind the she door. literally just like whispers in the ear she goes run yeah it's oh, just, it, oh my god i i got chills when she did that that was so creepy and she's just still up there in the sky with that like smirk mm -hmm. um oh yeah and then they they uh what they they like sling ringed in cannons from what i was assuming yeah. was like the hong kong sanctum mm -hmm. uh which was insane those and, and they got her too they hit her with a cannon and didn't do anything didn't do anything and then they went to go reload and that was game over for them yeah, game over. We got to see our first appearance of Funko Pops, Sarah, and Rintra in the mm -hmm. scene. Uh, the <laughs> Rintra's even a I saw was a he's a six inch, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a $20 pop, and we saw him twice. In and we movie. didn't, I don't even think he said a word. He did, he did at one point. He said something about uh, it was it was either during this scene or after it, but it was like. Dude, man, but but I will say Sarah gets a scene stealing moment that yeah, I was does. not expecting. That was like to me that that's my one of my other favorite parts. I keep saying that uh, of this movie was that it felt like every time you thought what was going to happen was going to happen or that the typical thing went to another direction. Like I was like, there's no way she's going to kill the dark hole. And then I was like, OK, okay. all right. What are they going to like to me? That's and and maybe as an anti to that sort of criticism, I feel like Marvel has been really trying hard of following through with that promise. They always say of like, do whatever you can in this one movie and we'll figure it out later. Like whatever you feel like is a good decision, as crazy as it might sound, just do it. And then we'll figure out the timeline situation later, which definitely felt this movie of like, Oh, so you're destroying all of the dark holds. Like, how is that going to play out going forward? Well, we don't know, but we know that that's a really good storytelling tool for this movie. Maybe so there'll be one in the quantum realm they can copy at some point, and that's where we'll figure it out. Who knows? Dang. Yeah, I just, oh, all of that. Um, we, we also see everyone retreats into the sanctum, and that's, yeah, my next, yeah, barraging the walls, mind control is, uh, it's funny too. Did you see the Avatar trailer? I did. Did you like it? Um, I mean, I, I, the first time I watched Avatar, I was like 10 years old, so I don't really remember the movie that much, but I thought this one looked really good. I thought that it, it looks just as stunning as the first one. So yeah, it looked visually stunning. I was like, okay, I don't know anything about this movie, but yeah, it looked like an Avatar movie, but it's, you know, it comes up on the screen, Avatar, the way of water, the way of water. And I was like, you should have changed that title to Scarlet Witch the way of water because <laughs> she gets captured by dr strange in what appeared to be the mirror dimension but i'm pretty sure he captured her in essentially the same thing that he captures himself in in uh what if mm -hmm. the like tiny little crystal ball that he puts himself into that's what it felt like but she's like captured in this tiny ball she tries to shoot a thing bounces around everywhere there's spikes but then she just looks at a wall and goes to put her hand on it and just goes right through it like water starts popping up and all of the reflections pulling people in comes out of the the gong like a creepy broken body. Oh, mm -hmm. so horry, so great. Uh, we also get one of my bigger nitpicks of this movie, which was America covering the reflections and then stopping to look in one of the reflections. And I'm like, 
what are you doing? No, we yeah, just told you not to do that. Uh, but what'd you, what'd you think of that whole bit of them being stuck in, you know, the doors are slamming and, and she comes in. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of funny that, um, you know, she looks straight ahead and she sees a mirror, but it's not the mirror dimension initially. And then it becomes the mirror dimension with all the mirrors reflecting. And it kind of looked like the poster we got with all the different, um, you know, angles of Wanda. You know, we had that in with the, the broken glass in the, the character poster where it was all the different, like, I guess it was supposed to be variants, but it was like all different angles because of the broken glass. Um, and then she goes to use her powers initially before it turns to water and the thing's just bouncing around like like a tennis ball. And that was awesome. But when she when she goes through that gong, that is creepy. That's like something out of like a conjuring or the ring or something like that. And yeah, I, I agree with you that America stopping to look in that reflection was just like a poor choice because it was like, how could you just be that? unaware that you literally just covered one and then she's but it may have foreshadowed something at the end with the eye coming out of the reflection as opposed to a hand because then we got the third eye later on in the movie ah okay hey and that's why you know the other thing we have to remember too uh is she's only 14 years old she's a kid yeah so there's probably some things where she maybe doesn't understand plus that's a very campy horror trope right like mm -hmm. if he's just trying to play into the horror trope it worked perfectly uh but it's still you know that that's the one thing i hate about horror movies is when you're like no don't do that that's so yeah. obvious don't do that um, yeah and yeah. maybe i'm going too far into these foreshadowing things with all these little easter eggs but that was the only concept i really understood in english in high school so i'm running with it so hey that's great i'll i'll be looking forward to hearing a little bit about that because i think the third eye thing is very interesting as we get get towards that spot um so from here scarlet witch is about to kill and this was another amazing score set piece because like when she goes to go into the water like everything is completely silent uh which was just amazing but she's got america tied up america freaks out and breaks another multiversal thing through behind her and Doctor Strange, right as uh, Scarlet Witch is going to kill her, Doctor Strange jumps in front of her to save her, gets his cloak burned a little bit, and then they both fall through the multiverse. And then it closes, so Scarlet Witch is unable to follow. And we get to see, um, I had a note here, I just said, time to deliver a pizza ball! <laughs> uh, that's like one of my favorite bits from Eric Andre. So to see this new Earth that they've landed in, Earth, uh, and actually before we even get to that Earth, I, I missed my other note, the escaping through the multiverse. So we get to see one of the best scenes in the movie of just <clears throat> universe after universe after universe. I caught, and we saw it in the trailer, uh, the dinosaurs, which I'm assuming is the savage land. So you got that. I caught the living tribunal section. Um, mm -hmm. There was one that was animated that didn't look like what if, but was still animated. You got the paint universe, which was great. But I also noticed a noir universe for like Spider-Man noir uh, that mm -hmm. was in black and white, which was really cool. And then there was there was like the robot universe, futuristic, like they, it was like green and white and black. Yep, and yep. And that almost, one had like no music either. That one, yeah, was really that one almost looked to me like uh, I don't remember exactly what the character is called, but the one that has the the robot in uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, um, the the variant or the multiversal version. The uh, one who has a giant spider bot? Yeah, it almost looked Ooh. like it could have been from like that universe or or 2099 cool. maybe. Yep. Um, like 
I think they're just they're just teasing all kinds of things that they're going to be doing. Everything in there, I felt like, could have been a tease for something. Yeah, I mean, it essentially was just them going like, "Hey, heads up! All of this is uh, part of the sandbox, right? Like, w- we could touch any of this if we wanted to. We're gonna just give you a small tease right now, but there's so much more to come." Yeah, uh, which was really cool. I think I I I really loved this scene um, because I think you and I have talked about this before, or at least as a group we have. Um, that one of my favorite scenes in any movie is in Monsters Inc. when they're going through the doors and they're going to all those different areas. And this was kind of like that in a superhero way, where they're just going through multiverse after multiverse after multiverse, and um, it it was very reminiscent of that. So I think that's part of why this scene is like so awesome. Yeah, yeah. It it uh, man, and, and I loved it too. It ties so well into the ending when he gives her the pep talk about like of all of those universes why did you end up in 838 which is which is where they end up and obviously they have to be there i love that like they all she always takes them exactly where they need to go and uh in this universe there are pizza balls uh but in this universe as well we see and and that pizza papa always gets paid uh (laughs) great line love that great to see bruce campbell Mm -hmm. uh not as many cheers as i was hoping for that one but whatever it was it was fine he made it in. That's all that matters. He's exactly. gonna, maybe he'll be the new Stanley. Hopefully, he comes in every movie because he was hilarious. Um, but we see, we learn here that America has been to seventy-three other universes, has never found another version of herself. We also learn a very important thing in this one too that I thought was a great character development moment for Stephen, which was on the roof, where he gets upset with her for not being able to open up a portal again. And he says, even I could, and then he stops and he's like, I'm sorry. And I just, I loved that because again, even there you're seeing him grow and realizing that just because he can do something really well does not mean that everybody else has to be as perfect as he is or has to be as good at it as quickly as he is. And he caught himself. Obviously he still said it a bit and got upset, but you know, that's, that's what happens, right? Even you look at Wanda, you're going to stumble on the path to healing. You're never going to just, Oh, surprise, you're healed. Like, because you went through one thing, you've got to go through multiple times. You have to have those moments where something happens again, and you can practice those things that you've learned. So the fact that he's able to catch himself, I thought was really cool. Very telling. Yeah. I, I think that it's also him just realizing that he was a, surgeon he's you know an adult he went through all this training and it took him i mean medical school takes a long time to get through and i'm sure the first time he picked up a scalpel he didn't do everything correctly so you know he went from this arrogant surgeon and then he realizes she's 14 years old she's not going to be able to control her powers the same way you can as a adult in what we assume is their 40s or 50s like no it's not going to happen so yeah which again, I think it, it really leads and lends to that perfect scene at the very end when he says bye to her. I mm-hmm. just, and we'll, we'll get to it when we get there, but a lot of, lot of stuff. So the other piece too, we get some character development. They, uh, they're walking along. We get another very Rick and Morty moment of a thing that you can stand on that uh, scans you and projects your memories onto screen, uh, which was really cool. I loved that we got to see Christine give him his watch. Uh, I got really emotional during that scene and I'm not sure why. Like I I know there's people out there that say 
you know, I don't see him and Christine. It doesn't make sense. I'm not a fan of that relationship. And I have no arguments against that because that we have not seen a lot of it. Right. But for some reason, I just like them as a couple. I, I like discussing them as a couple because it's such a different type of love to where it's like this unrequited love where they'll never be. And so to be able to get a glimpse into the window of when they were happy, because we've never really seen them happy. Mm -hmm. Like we've only ever seen them struggling. I just, I I thought that was really sweet. And just the fact that she like got him a present because, you know, something really went really well. I don't know. It was really sweet. And I was just like, wow, that's cool. And then he's like, we didn't have time for this. We got to (laughs) go. Yeah. And, and, the the gift comes into play later even i mean you see that that that's a gift that was given to him in multiple universes yep absolutely and then it cracked in multiple universes too yeah so it's like one of those things where i mean we saw it in what if where like that episode with dr strange where like the same thing could happen every single time and there's certain things and it's what it is it's that's a nexus point that that has to happen like it almost seemed like the him giving or Christine giving him the watch could have been a nexus point to stopping Wanda. Like every time that Wanda needs to be stopped, it came back to whether or not he got the watch. Yeah. It's a great point. So, um, and then we see, we see a memory from America as well. And so now we learn how she got her powers or essentially when her powers first manifested, we meet her moms who uh, basically give her like a flower. She's picking flowers that she gives them. And a bee is about to sting her. Uh, I wonder if that's the bee from Bee Movie, but I don't know. If we'll ever, <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever know. But uh, what is his name? Uh, uh, Bernard. Oh, or was no. it Larry? Or was it a bee? Barry. Barry B. Barry B. There we Bar- go. Maybe Barry B. B. Maybe. Uh, it, just a shameless plug to go see the Bee Movie. <laughs> um, but the bee almost stings her. She freaks out and. A whole a star in the universe cracks open. Her mom's get sucked in and then she gets sucked in. I don't know. To me, I would have thought they would have all ended up in the same spot, all going through the same portal. But at the same time, that's a really intriguing story. So we know now, and I think it's common knowledge at this point, and it's not a Marvel thing. It's a cinema thing. If you don't see a body, they're mm-hmm. not dead. And so these similar to other characters in this movie, but her parents disappear. They are not dead. That's going to be a great storyline that'll get picked up as she grows in her skills and tries to go find her parents, which uh, is just, I think will be really cool to see again, how they, how that differs from the comics because the comics has been very all over the place. I mean, they just retcon the whole thing in the comics saying that they actually were from earth and all of this stuff. So I'm curious to see, I like that we're getting the space aspect, the cosmic aspect of it. Um, but that was cool. And she says the same thing. All right, that's it. We don't have time for this, but we get another great pep talk from Dr. Strange. And he says, Hey, this is not your fault. That was not your fault. You were just a kid. And she says something like not bad. And he says, thanks. <laughs> I like that though. But like he's growing and learning how to give the right, like how to say the right things basically. Cause he's can't even, he doesn't even like to speak English. And uh, see, so yeah, I thought that was great. That was, that was a hilarious line when, when Wong and America were, were chatting and uh, yeah, I don't think he even likes to speak English. So he definitely doesn't speak another language. That was hilarious. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just following through on this list uh, and let me see how it is. The other, So the last piece I'll say then is they then show up to Dr. Strange's sanctum and find a statue of him 
saying that he died defeating Thanos and is Earth's mightiest hero, basically. And Baron Mordo is now the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, the tape keeper of the Sanctum at this point. And he welcomes Steven in with open arms. He says, I can't wait for you to tell me all about your universe, uh, which was, I liked that bit. It was pretty funny. I mean, I knew he was going to end up being a nice guy. And then he ends up not being a nice guy. But I, I knew he was at least in the beginning. And so we'll save it because we're about to get into another one of my favorite moments. But uh, back in the normal universe, uh, Wanda is reading through the Darkhold to, uh, and she's defeated everybody, basically. She captured Wong and she is trying to, and this is happening at the exact same time as Mordo is explaining this to America and Steven, that she is trying to dream walk. And essentially what that is, is by utilizing the dark world, you can possess a version of yourself in a different universe um, to do whatever you want, basically. So you're basically putting your consciousness in the body of someone in a different universe. Sounds like something that could crack some holes in the multiverse, if you're asking mm-hmm. me. Something that could definitely lead to some type of uh, collapsing or incursion of reality, but that's just me. Uh, and she definitely does it. And we get a really amazing and scary scene of her going into that universe with her kids. And she's in the kitchen. We get to see that paint, that photo where she like looks at her and follows her. And then she even breaks the fourth wall in this scene, looking directly at the camera, chilling, absolutely terrible. And the music too. She's looking at the little cup of tea and it's like an ocean in the tea. So good. Yep. Uh, that that moment where she finally gets like fully possessed. She looks up into the into the window and she sees her reflection of, of the Scarlet Witch. And then she turns to the camera and her eyes just glow red. That's on my Mount Rushmore of moments. Like that's incredible. Just incredible, incredible, incredible. Yeah. Just and then, you know, and I, I it's not a nit, it's a nitpick, but I get it for the film. Those kids were so cringy in this moment. Mom, <laughs> mom, come here, mom. We got something important to tell it's, you, mom. And then like it's that, just uh, some silly song about ice cream. It's like that episode of uh, of Family Guy where, yeah, where yeah. Stewie's trying to call for Lois. Mom, mommy, mom, mommy, Lois, Lois. Hi. <laughs> what do you want? Hi. Uh, that literally is what it was. And she's like, why don't you guys both talk? I'm like, just get on with it, kids. But like at the same time, it's incredibly adorable yeah. and made for, you know, her crying while they were saying it and all of that was just amazing. And so while that's happening and that's funny happening in the same universe that Dr. Strange is in, uh, but back in the real world, Wong, Sarah shows up and says, I'm, you know, we need to kill the dark hole. It's right there. Let's just take it. And he's like, okay, you need to free me. And she says, no, it can't be you. And she grabs the dark hole, stabs it and, is engulfed in flames and basically incinerated like she's in Pompeii. Uh, but she destroys the dark hole. And so we got a scene that actually confused me during the first showing. I thought, which I'd tell me if this would have been more interesting. I thought because of that, they cut it off mid phone call that the consciousness is switched. And oh. so now bad Wanda is in the eight, three, eight universe and good Wanda is the Scarlet witch. And I was like, and the way they did it, I'm telling you, if you if you think about it that way while you're watching it, it really looks like they did. And I was like, 
this movie is just nuts. Like, what are yep. they going to do next? Like, now Wanda's officially the good guy. The villain is in a different universe. She's con. And then something happened. And I was like, oh, wait, did I? I must have missed, you know, missed that. But mm. uh, for some reason, I thought that's what it was, the way that they made it look. But um, I'm cool with it either way, because now she's not there. She's that scene where she's like talking with her kids and then it flashes to the other world as it's going. Yeah. I, just heartbreaking. And so she tells Wong, like, I need more. And he's like, well, that was it. And so she's like, no, nah, I'm going to kill these uh, these other people here, like the Minotaur. And he says, the Darkhold was a copy. And that Oof. the original Darkhold is written on the walls at Wundagore Mountain by Cthon himself. And so Wanda then takes uh, takes him there. Uh, so what I was going to say, though, my one of my moments, this wasn't a Mount Rushmore, but I had to call it out was the scene where Mordo's explaining how dreamwalking works. And it's like his face comes on the screen. And then there's the, the you know, circle of the candles where Wanda is. And then America and Stranger on the other two sides of the screen. And it keeps going in and out. Uh, I loved that. And then it leading into the, you know, them getting up. And he's like, what's in, what's in the, this tea? Mm -hmm. uh, or she goes, what's in this tea? And then she goes, and like goes, yeah. it was so campy. I loved it. I thought it was perfect. Um, but yeah, so what'd you think about all of that? Yeah, I thought that it was like, oh, it was kind of creepy. I mean, it's like almost like summoning demons, like, you know, the, with the candles and everything like that. And it was just so traumatizing to see. I mean, obviously the dark hold needed to go. It was a cop. There was a copy, but like heartbreaking to see her in the real universe or the, the 616 universe, just like talking to her kids as if she's still in the other universe, like hands up, like trying to hold them. And she's not there anymore. Like she's, she's back with us. And, um, Oh, where was I going with that? Um, Oh, you know, the, the, the scene with Mordo, the, the T and then you just see them like, you know, tripping out and he's just like, it, it's, it was weird to see that turn so quickly because like we thought Mordo was a good guy when they first meet him. And then it just like, you know, we go away from Mordo for a second to see Wanda dream walking and then Mordo's a bad guy again. Well, but, so. and that's the funny thing is he's not really, I mean, we still don't know for sure if he's a bad guy or not. Yeah, He's an antagonist. He's, he's, he's in the Illuminati. So yeah. he is inherently a little sketchy mm -hmm. where he knows. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't disagree with him. But if I'm coming up with maybe the most major nitpick of the entire film is if your your problem and we're we're very close to this now, but if your problem is, uh, you know, oh, Dr. Strange was dreamwalking in our universe and we can't, you know, here's another Dr. Strange. And then that Dr. Strange says Wanda's dreamwalking. You would think that they'd go, all right. Scarlet Witch is priority number one. Let's get that taken care of. And then we can you hold court for Dr. Strange. But they just some they were like, we based on our research, Scarlet Witch is not going to be a problem. And it was yeah. like, oh, okay, you sound just like the Egyptian gods. This is going to go really well for you, I think, mm -hmm. in the end. So good luck with your hubris. Um, but so we get to uh, and that's so basically Wanda and Wong go to Woundagore, which was incredible. Um I don't know what more we're going to see from it based on what was going on. But to me, it definitely had the same sort of vibe as like uh, Talo or um, what's the other one where they go to a different. Basically, it's like a realm outside of the realms. And yeah. so because, you know, they don't really tell you how they got there. 
He says his magic can only take him so far. Uh, so I'm curious if it is some sort of center besides what happened. Obviously, maybe it's not anymore, but yeah, just so was, cool to see. It was kind of like a Vormir where it was yes, like a Vormir. Yeah. Where it was just like outside of like space and time. Like you just, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's nobody that lives there except, you know, we got Red Skull that was the keeper of the stone. And here, the only one that's there is the, the, the Chathon creatures. Like, yep. So it that's kind kind of gave me a more wintry Vormir vibe. It, yeah, it was. And uh and it was cool being inside of it to see like again lore-wise how cool is it that thousands of years ago, you know, some demon dude inscribed all of these terrible things on these walls. Not only that, but we've got this giant carving of the Scarlet Witch and you know, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't a prison, it's a throne. I was like, oh, this is just this is just perfect for, and that's where it's like, okay, I get, and you are not wrong for wanting her to not be a villain. But I, I think that Elizabeth Olsen has gotten the most character work and the most is going to get the most complete story arc that we have seen from any character for the amount of things that she's gone through. What, what other heroes can say besides winter soldier, who hasn't had as much of a, I mean, they kind of did maybe winter soldier would be close, but like who gets to say that they can be a villain. And then she's going to, she's going to get a redemption coming forward. But I just loved this, this idea. And it's funny because Elizabeth Olsen said this during the red carpet that uh, her, her character is, has full clarity now and knows mm-hmm. exactly who she is. And some people were like, Oh, did she even see the movie? But it was like, no, like, that makes total sense. She knows what she wants in this movie. She wants her kids back. Yes, she is corrupted by the Darkhold, so her wants may not exactly be pure, but she is. She's fully clear. She's embracing her power now. She knows exactly who she is, which is the Scarlet Witch, uh, even though, again, you know, it's one of those things of, like, she shouldn't be doing this, and she shouldn't be going this crazy, but that's, you know, she knows what she is. She just needs someone there to help her harness that power because it's a lot for someone to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so to see her in this throne room made me so happy. Cause I'm like, Wanda, this is for you. Like you deserve this for someone who's just been trashed on for so long, like to go to this temple and see that you've been prophesized. Like what a, a dose of clarity that that would give you as a person to know that your journey is righteous which again, we as the audience know that it's not, but for her, I'd be like, yeah. I mean, if I was Wong, I'd be like, okay, well, just don't kill me, okay? Like, I'll, <laughs> this is clearly bigger than me. And yeah, says exactly. Says that she's destined to either rule or annihilate. And when she's calling the throne, I was like, ooh, is she going to rule then? Is she going to be in a spot to rule? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting to know because Wong obviously knew about the Wondergore Mountains, so I wonder if he knew, you know, what lied. I mean, I know he says he's never been up there because he couldn't get up there. That His magic only takes him so far. But I'm curious to know if he knew that there was something for the Scarlet Witch in Wondergore, like this this temple kind of. And that's, he didn't let that be known when Strange was around because Strange would have, you know, like if Wong had some... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like other other knowledge that a non-sorcerer supreme wouldn't have known. We need a uh, we need just a movie or even a Disney Plus series of the secrets of the sorcerer supreme. 
that is a because uh, you remember he says that there's like a little booklet. Oh yeah, the get. book you get when you become the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, right. And so if uh, it'd be cool to know what other like you said, did he know? He obviously knew about Wundagore, but did he know about Wanda? Did he know about that she was there? That's a great question. I have no idea. When we get the uh, the Fantastic Four movie that that we'll get eventually, we'll uh, we'll call it Fantastic Four: The Secrets of the Sorcerer Supreme. It's a Fantastic Beasts mashup movie. Ooh, I love it. Yes, that sounds <laughs> great. I thought they charted in the '60s, though. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, which actually leads us to our next spot. So, Strange in America wake up, and they are uh, in these glass cases, these carbonite cases. Uh, they can't move. The their their magic has been prevented from being used, and. Uh, who who is there but Christine Palmer of the 838 universe? And she says that she works for the Baxter Foundation, uh, which was huge. But she also explains, you know, we, we need to test you for diseases. There may be things <clears throat> coming from your universe that we don't even know about. Uh, I loved that. I love the science behind that. Uh, but we get that Baxter Foundation call out. And I was like, I said, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, And then sure enough, Mordo shows up. And uh, we hear him say, the Illuminati will see you now. And I knew it was, I, I, okay, I didn't know it was coming in that moment. And once he said that, I was like, oh, here we go. And yep. so then from there, everything felt a little telegraphed because they literally showed everything in the trailers, except for maybe one or two things that we'll get to. But we're getting to those one or two things right now. So the Illuminati, we have, uh, Mordo, who is the Sorcerer Supreme. Baron got, Carl Mordo. Yeah, Carl, Carl. Baron Carl Mordo. Hold on. My cat is going <laughs> crazy. That was that was just hilarious, though. He's like, Carl. And he's like, yeah, he's known this guy for a little while, and he just didn't know that his first name was Carl. I, know, that's, I thought that was funny. I'm like, I think we all knew his name was Carl, but he that is kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. Um, we got Captain Carter, uh, played by Haley Atwell. Uh, we've got Mr. Fantastic as Reed uh, Reed Richards by John Krasinski, Black Bolt, Black Agar Boltagon, Hedegar, Hedegar, whatever he <laughs> said. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, played by Anson Mount from The Inhuman Show. Professor Xavier played by the Professor Xavier, um, Sir Patrick Stewart. And then also Captain Marvel played by Maria Rambo, Lashana Lynch. Uh, what a crew. What a group. Awesome. I uh, <clears throat> I brought these here just to point them out to say look how uh, look how close we got. We've got Xavier, Black Bolt, Doctor Strange, Mister Fantastic, and then they basically subbed the other two as uh, Captain Marvel and that. But then I was even reading the Hickman's New Avengers run, which has kind of the similar. I mean, Beast is in it as well as Black Panther. But once Mister Fantastic started talking about the incursions and and, and we're going to get into that. Let's let's at least first pause. Let's break down these characters. Let's start from let's start with Lashana Lynch as Captain Marvel. What do you think of that? That I mean, it made me excited for a couple of reasons. Um, I w when the trailers came out and we saw this glowing figure in the trailers, everyone was kind of on the idea that all right, this might be either a Captain Marvel or Tom Cruise as Superior Iron Man, because Tom Cruise was initially um, 
you know, in in talks to be Iron Man before it went to Robert Downey Jr. And I kind of said, maybe it's Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel in this universe. So I got to cash my, one of my first ever receipts in the MCU. I was so happy about it. Um, but that was awesome. She did a really great job in the role. Her suit looked awesome, um, especially with the with the goggles, the retractable goggles. Um, that was awesome. And she was she was badass. I mean, she didn't take take crap from anybody. So she's the one who was the closest to beating Wanda. Yeah. I mean, she her powers were no, they're OP as well, just not as OP as Wanda's. I mean I I'd like to at least see Actually, no, you're right, because I, th- I think and this is the argument that people keep forgetting. And, and we're going to get to this talk, too, when it comes to culpability. But that wasn't technically Wanda, right? That was Wanda pres- possessing a body. So there's no way Captain Marvel could beat Wanda <laughs> because no. that was Captain Marvel losing to a possessed body, which is insane. Like the fact that she was able to defeat the entire Illuminati while just possessing a body is just, again, that's top tier Scarlet Witch and something that we probably will never see again from her, which I think is good because you can't keep doing it. That's not sustainable, but to have it for this film was perfect. I I love Lashana Lynch in this, in terms of this entire Illuminati felt like a very weathered and road weary group that has made some really tough decisions and has been doing this for a little while. Obviously they have with what that happened with Dr. Strange, but like Lashana had some gray in her hair and um, she looked kind of the same. So like I, I can tell they've made some tough decisions already uh, and we've gotten to see a few of those as well. Uh, next up on the list, I've got professor G- professor X rolls into the X-Men 97 theme uh, which is really cool. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Are there is the animated show going to take place in the eight three eight universe? I'm not sure. Maybe um, that'd be cool. But I thought he did good. I thought he did good with what he had. I've always been a fan of him as um, Professor X. At the same time, though, uh, I thought, and I'll be curious to see what you think on this too. But I thought this Illuminati was essentially a, you know, for the fans, this one's for you. Uh, and now we're going to go do our own thing because uh, with Pat, with Stuart, I was like, this, please just say this is the last thing that he gets to do because he looked really old. He looked good for what he was doing, but I could just tell that he was old, uh, which is way older than we want Xavier to be, I think, mm-hmm. at least in terms of longevity. But even then, when he was walking in the rubble to get Wanda and he was dressed like Steve Jobs, I... Uh, <laughs> I was just like, this guy's just, I I don't know. He seems like someone that, when he did the thing where he was like, uh, that's enough. And then he like pointed like, I don't know. I mean, that was total Sam Raimi. But at the same time, it's like an old man pointing his finger. Like to me, I don't like associating Xavier with being an old guy. So I hope they get someone else to do it. But it was so so good to see. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If they are going to you know, recast it, which it seems like they're going to do and they want to go younger. Would you want James McAvoy back as Xavier or do you want to just recast it all together? Yeah. I, I'd want some fresh blood. Cause I think, I think it's, I think it's wise to maybe pick a few people that you'd want to carry forward. I thought James McAvoy was amazing as well, but if you're trying to start something fresh and trying to bring in new audiences, like again, that McAvoy thing, that's what you do in a secret wars movie. 
That's not mm. the X-Men movie, unless it like days of future past was a perfect example of utilizing that. Well, but I think going forward, if you're trying to have a brand new, all new, all different, like get a different cast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I think that that's something you do exactly in a, a multiverse spanning movie where you could have six different variants <laughs> of the same character and you could have McAvoy pop in for one of them or whatever. Yeah, just literally just like they did with the Illuminati. Like, yep. I, again, I think I, I think and I hope and I pray that that's what it is. Uh, minus, of course, Captain Carter, which I think there, there's some things there. We'll get to her. OK, next on my list is Black Bolt. Again, uh, if I curve my camera just a tad, you're going to see some. Uh, well, it's covered immediately, but I've got two, I've got a this is a uh, hand drawn like that one's commissioned Black Bolt. And then that one is a of course it's still there. I love Black Bolt. He's one of my, he's always been one of my favorite characters. I can't imagine how bad the audio is going to sound with me moving the mic around this part. But, um, but yeah, I, I loved seeing him. I was, this was one of my biggest cheers during the movie was just seeing him. And then for half a minute being like, is that Anson Mount? And then it was like, yeah, that is Anson Mount. Oh, let's go. And, and then as that happened, I was like, are we going to get him saying something? as like, you know, to blow some, to kill something or to destroy something. I was like, please just something. If he's in this movie, you have to give him the justice of that. And then, you know, Xavier says, we should tell him the truth. And the truth is that black bolt killed Dr. Strange. Yeah. I, oh my they gosh. made me so happy. I was the only one that cheered during that, uh, which again, I'm just like, I was happy to hear him whisper, to hear it explode, to see Dr. Strange get disintegrated. And then the rest of the area get disintegrated uh just cool he he had the whole sign language thing down the wing flaps mm -hmm. uh and he i even liked how he got a little bit cocky when they were showing up to to wanda uh and obviously it was you know not cocky enough apparently but uh what do you think of black Bolt? i i really liked the way they did this i mean i so i watched most of that in human series i think i got through six of the eight episodes i'd never finished it um, not because i didn't like it like i actually didn't mind it i didn't think it was terrible but i'm also just you know again and in, 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 i like the inhumans so it was awesome seeing anson now i loved his suit so much better than the suit they oh, gave yeah. him in the inhuman show um and it was so we saw obviously like you said we saw him kill dr strange but it was super weird to see us on Titan again with six characters. Doctor Strange was there, but six characters who were not even there for the Battle of Titan or even in the MCU at that point. And dead Thanos. And dead, screen. yeah, just like speared. Speared Thanos. Like, Incredible. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. So that was a really cool moment for Black Bolt. Yeah. Um, next I've got... We're I guess we don't need to talk about Mordo. We talked about him already. We'll save. Uh, well, next to my list, I got Mister Fantastic. Okay. So uh, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I thought uh, I thought John Krasinski did fine. Uh, I think I said it. You might have been on the voice chat when I did. I said for a character who can stretch himself as much as he can, his performance was very stiff to me. Yep. <laughs> and I hope that he is not our Reed Richards only for the same reason that I hope that Patrick Stewart isn't and that I hope, well, Black Bolt, I could take or leave. But I think this was another little thing to the fans for how obsessed they are about fan casting of like, hey, here's here's what it would look like. 
uh, and maybe we go in a different direction. I don't know. If they decide to use Krasinski, that's fine too. Like I said, I didn't have any complaints with him, and I think that the work that he was given for this movie is probably not indicative of what he would be doing in a different universe. Because again, this isn't, he's aged. He's been through some really tough decisions that he's had to make. Uh, but at the same time, he just didn't feel like the Reed Richards that I would know where there's just some of the things that he said where I was like, dude, you're the smartest man on the planet and you're telling Wanda how Black Bolt's powers work. So of yeah. course she's going to sew his mouth. Like, what were you thinking? Um, but it was still cool to see. Because again, people have been talking about it for a really long time. We finally have the Fantastic Four in a movie. Um, I had thought that it was going to be in Quantum Mania, and so I was happily surprised. I didn't even know why I didn't register in my head of like that it was a possibility because of the Illuminati. So, just amazing. Uh, enjoyed his death as well. Uh, thought it was great, and I enjoyed the line of well, "We'll get to the line when we get to the deaths." But what do you think of Mister Fantastic? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the casting of John Krasinski was for the fans, and I don't think it was a fantastic casting. I think it was a fine casting. Um, a fine-tastic. A fine-tastic uh, casting. But I, I think there's other people who could play him significantly better. I know I was talking with um, with Kevin, uh, you know, friend of the show, who after we went to the movie together – and one of the characters that we really like for that role, and again, I don't want to be—I don't want to be one of those people that fan casts, but uh, William Jackson Harper would be really, really great in that role. Who's that? Um, from he from the Good Place. Um, he's uh, Cheaty from the Good oh. Place. Um, just you know that that combination of a little bit of arrogance, but also just super incredibly smart. Oh, interesting. You know, you're you might be onto something. He was in Midsummer. I remember him in yes, Midsummer. He yes. kind of played a smarty pants in that one too. Yeah, and I think that was a character that we really liked for that role. Um, whoever they 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 pick, I'm sure you know they're gonna do the movie well. But yep. I think that it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think they need to stay with Krasinski. I think this was more of a hey, it's a cameo. We're we're giving the fans what they want, but. I don't think they need to stay with it. It was awesome to see him though. That suit looked better than any suit from any oh, of the yeah. previous Great fantastic suit. four movies. I hope they end up sticking with that suit. Even if they, cause there's, I think rumors that this may end up being a prequel to stuff that happened in the MCU. And then they travel to the future through the quantum realm or something like that. Like that, that's like an idea that people have for this. And even if the suits are older in the past and then they come you know, when they come to the present, those are the new suits. I really want those to be the suits because that was awesome. Like, I loved them. So, um, but yeah, John Krasinski was fine. That's all I have to say. Yeah. So he, so the line that people are talking about is <clears throat> he says of the Fantastic Four and Dr. Strange says, Fantastic Four, didn't y'all chart in the 60s? And somebody took that to mean that they're from the 60s, but I'm pretty sure it's just a tease of like the Beatles mm -hmm. or of some, you know, the Fab Four, whatever you want to call it, of like an old timey four man group band. But I love that idea, too. I like the idea of honoring that they're from the 60s and that they just, you know, kind of, uh, you know, went back in time or they got lost in time. And so they're the same age they were in this kind of like a man out of time thing. But again, how does that play when we already have that with Captain America? Right. I don't know. All I know is that Kevin loves fantastic four. And so I know that they're in good hands with it. Like I know that they've constantly been thinking of like, how can we make this has to be good? Like it has to be perfect. 
how can we do that the best way possible? So yeah, that's why I, I don't care who they cast. Cause I know whoever it is, is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, speaking of casting someone great, we got Haley Atwell as captain Carter. This is a different captain Carter than the one that was in what if the captain Carter runs around with a jetpack on her back, which I found pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I mean, it was like, whatever, cool. You got a little jetpack. I mean, you're living in the future though. Couldn't you have created a, like, did you not want some more current technology than that jetpack? But hey, that's fine. That's fine. It's Whatever. Fine. Um, but she was a badass. Absolutely cool. Same thing. She seemed very sinister. Uh, there was a couple moments with, with her deliveries where I was like, are you mad? She's angry. Like, she's upset. Uh, in terms of, like, I, I wouldn't have expected that from her. But she's very solemn. And then, uh, you know... You could say two Captain Carters are better than one, but uh, maybe not this way. That happens in this mm-hmm. movie with her shield. But um, yeah, oh, so with her being with her being out as well, uh, I have I have still have full confidence we're going to see her again in some other capacity. Uh, it won't be this version, uh, probably, and hopefully, it will be the version from What If, who's maybe part of the Illuminati or something like that. I mean this. Okay. So let's, let's dive into some other bits here too. So Reed Richards brings up incursions, which is a very big portion of Jonathan Hickman's new Avengers, Avengers and secret that leads to secret wars. And so the idea of it is that, and I read it all yesterday. It's very complicated and there's a lot of reading. I was going to read it out loud, but there's a lot of it. So I'm not going to, but (laughs) basically in an infinite reality, infinite realities exist. So there are infinite Earths, and if you think of them, they're all next to each other on on a timeline, right? Like Earth 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5, 5. And so the way they explain in the comics is that something happened, because all of these Earths are on a timeline, right? Of the birth of the universe, Earth is here, the life of the Earth, Earth dies, and then the universe dies because, you know, the heat death of the universe. And so this is happening in all of them. And so what happened is they said on one universe... Something prematurely destroyed that universe. And essentially, it'd be like taking out a piece of Jenga, right? That universe no longer exists. So now the timelines are slowly crunching together. And so because of that, these incursions are starting to happen, which is that the boundaries of one universe and the other universe are starting to get so close that the only that what will happen is those universes will collide and destroy each other. So both of the entire universes will go out of existence when the Earths collide. The way that you can stop this is by destroying one of those Earths. If you destroy the Earth, then it won't collide with anything. The universes will pass over each other, no big deal, uh, and both universes will be saved minus the one Earth that is lost which is a really fascinating concept because how how much is it worth destroying another planet to protect your own your own entire universe and the other universe as well. So really cool to see how they do it in the comics. There's a lot of it in the first few issues. Uh, but that's essentially what Reed Richards explains is that it can destroy one or two of the universes when they collide. That's how Secret Wars is started is that the incursions get to the point where there's only two more universes and it's it's uh, the marvel universe and the ultimate universe where miles morales is from and they collide and destroy each other and dr doom and mr fantastic or basically doom and molecule man save everything by creating this battle world 
where all of these different pieces from both of the universe are together in this plane of existence. And eventually it goes back to, you know, being fixed, but it was a really intense time for comics. All of the lines canceled. They all ended because the world had ended. Uh, it was really cool, but uh, they're kind of hinting that that's exactly what's going to be happening here with all of the different people screwing with things whether that is Wanda reading the Darkhold, Doctor Strange reading the Darkhold, uh, Sylvie killing Kang, uh, the TVA, like everything that has been happening recently, all is leading to this multiversal fracture of people doing things they shouldn't be doing. And so I loved that, that we got so much of it in this movie without them really saying it. I mean, incursions mentioned a couple times, but the implications of it are absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like... Oh, it's the culmination event. I mean, it's it seems like something, I mean, and I'm going to age myself and probably embarrass myself by saying this, but like something you see in Fortnite where like you have these like giant storylines leading up to like the end thing that ends the world. And like, obviously Marvel was way before Fortnite, but like just in, in thinking of it like that. Um, and it's, it's really exciting because, you know, we're going to see all these characters, everybody. I, I don't, I don't know exactly. I've, I've heard the brief synopsis before that you said of secret wars where they create the battle world. And I, I just, I can't wait to see that. Oh my gosh. Like that's going to be awesome. Um, but the, the other thing that, you know, is screwing things up, even goes back to like Endgame and infinity war, like the, uh, the time travel, like time that, travel. Yep. That's, also, America punching holes in the multiverse. We talked yep. about that earlier, but like the, add that to the equation. The too. quantum realm we're going to get in quantum. Yep. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> Just like the tampering with the way that the natural order of things is what I mean, that's kind of what causes it in this. And it was unknown to begin with. But then eventually it's like we well, find out this other Doctor Strange has been going around killing Doctor Stranges. It's like, OK, so it's not even just our universe that's causing it. It's other universes tampering with it as well. Like this Illuminati has been doing stuff with incursions. And so it'll be interesting because now Dr. Strange has that information. So he can now take that to whatever he needs to do in the 616 universe, which is interesting. They called it the 616 universe. That's the comic book universe. Uh, so I don't, I mean, it must be, I know it's not an error, but I know some people will probably be like, that's the comic book universe's number. And it's like, it makes sense though. Right. Cause yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, main it's the main yeah. universe. Um, so yeah, and we will talk a lot more about that when we get to predictions because I have a whole thing I wrote up about <laughs> what I think is going to happen with that. So okay. let's go back down the line here. We've got, we said uh, Sarah destroyed the Darkhold. Yep. Uh, so the truth was revealed about Strange. So he did not die defeating Thanos. He died by Black Bolt's hand because he was dreamwalking as well. And he was dreamwalking for a good purpose to try and prevent these incursions from happening, but he was actually caught. Well, no, he was dreamwalking to try and prevent Thanos, but then that caused the incursions, which they stopped, but then they decided to kill Dr. Strange because they knew that he couldn't be trusted, uh, which is dark and sinister and perfect for the Illuminati. They do not look like they took that uh, decision uh, lightly, which is good. Uh, and I liked that, that Dr. Strange is kind of, I mean, it goes more again to that character development of, I think it was Captain Carter who said, but he had to go out on his own and go, you know, go do this out on his own. He didn't include any of us. And so that's just another instance of Dr. Strange just trying to go at it alone and be the best at what he's doing. 
which uh, it's admirable, but it's like, come on, man, you're, you're part of a team now. Yeah. Um, and so while this is happening, uh, Wanda Dream walks again. And now she's fully in this universe. We got a very Moon Knight moment where she flies up into the sky and there's a giant full moon. I loved that. Very witchy, very Halloween-y too. Uh, and she shows right up at the Illuminati headquarters, which is essentially just a building in the middle of Central Park, which is cool. I liked that. I liked that it wasn't some secret location, but I'm like, I wonder what what does the public think that place is mm -hmm. because they're right there. Also, did you have any thoughts or ideas about any of the statues in the building? Cause I, I'd heard someone go like, did you see what the woman was? And I looked at the big statue and I still couldn't really figure it out. Yeah. I was like, kind of looks like an old Amazon or an old wonder woman, but that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I couldn't really put it together either. Um, yeah. Not really sure, but it was, it was interesting that it was in central park. Cause isn't, I mean, maybe I'm mistaking that, but isn't the Baxter building like right in front of Central Park and something some of them? like that? I'm or not a it's... pro on where they're located. I just know they're all in New York. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I remember that it being in front of like a giant park. Maybe it wasn't Central Park, but like a bigger park in New York. So mm. that's mm. who's to say, but it, it is cool that it's like not like a secret base, like, you know, hidden 40, uh, you know, stories underground. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not super hidden. Um, and now we get what I would call the set piece of the, of a lifetime, which is uh, Scarlet, Witch shows up to the Illuminati headquarters and just uh, shows everybody why they should not be underestimating her and what happens when she's done being reasonable, mm -hmm. uh, which was really great to see. We get some great lines in here. Is your mother alive or is their mother alive? good she'll be able to raise them for uh, reese richard's kids we get an i can do this all day from captain carter uh um professor xavier from days of future past says just because someone stumbles does not mean that they're lost that's what he told his past self uh in that movie which was great and uh what did you think of just just seeing all of this death seeing all of these characters did you expect that no um me neither i i knew she was gonna go hard to get what she wanted get to america i thought she would maim them you know i did not think she would brutally murder all of them i mean yeah. it was oh my god like brutal i mean i'm i'm thinking back again sorry to bring it back to age of shield again but in in season five when uh talbot becomes graviton and he crushes uh general hale's head or when G general hale's daughter right. is graviton and crushes uh von strucker like that's what it looked like when she crushed black bolt's head just from the inside out like oh my gosh like brutal turns yeah. reed richards into string cheese into confetti, whatever you want to say, whatever kind of shredded paper you want to uh, go with. But um. yeah. And then blew his head up. Yeah. And I, I think I loved that. The Again, he's like, yeah, you know, black bolt's going to destroy you with a whisper and you hear him go. Ah, and then she just sews his mouth shut. And so he's got nowhere to go. And he just, ah, but it <laughs> blows his head. Like, it's like, yeah. it was like putting something in a microwave almost. Yep. Just oh, brutal. And absolutely. then you got captain Carter getting cut in half um maria technically you could say maybe she's not dead she just gets knocked under a giant thing of rubble freaking professor xavier 
uh, of being like, enough. And then, you know, come on, Wanda, let's get out of here. I liked that, though, because then we see in that section, you're now, there's proof there is a Wanda deep down, that mm-hmm. she's she is being influenced by this Darkhold, and that's not a, her true self. And But it's not enough. And uh, he gets his neck snapped, which was so great. I Again, this felt like such a Rick and Morty episode. Of, you know how like when they would go to random universes and Rick would just kill random people and he's yep. like, oh, don't worry about it, Morty. It doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this this felt like it where you're like, don't be attached to these characters because they're from some random universe that you have. You, you've only seen this universe for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Do not get attached to it's, these characters. It's like the ancient one says, like this she when she's talking to dr strange when she first meets him this is one of an infinite number of universes that is also one of an infinite number of universes these characters exist in so many others and wanda knows that and she doesn't care this is the one where Doctor strange and america are she needs to get them she doesn't care who she has to kill and again she's doing it all through a puppet which i find interesting it'll be interesting to see how they reconcile that because you could argue technically she didn't kill them, right? Like the other Wanda killed them. Uh, but she's still the one who obviously pushed the button, right? Or pulled mm-hmm. the trigger in that case. So I'll be curious to see how they they reconcile that. Because she did. She murdered a lot of people pretty brutally. And and yeah, I get it. The Darkhold was a big piece of that. But it's the same thing of saying like, oh, you know, my religion corrupted me. Fair, but you also still did those things. So yep. you've got you've to reconcile with that. Um, but hey, love that. That the, so that's one of my Mount Rushmores. Uh, actually, so we said we missed another one: the mention of incursions, uh, and then Wanda killing the Illuminati. That I just total horror chasing them through the the basement. Um, America is able to escape, so we actually get a moment here where we start to slowly see that she's kind of coming into her own, coming into her powers, uh, and she busts out of the prison by herself, which was pretty cool to see. Uh, and then they flee. Uh, and they get they they get a great bit where they're running. This is another nitpick one that I had. And they're closing all of the doors, and, and they close that last door, and then they all just turn around and stand there. And I'm like, yeah. you need to keep running. But I get why they didn't because we get another really cool scene of everything slowing down, and Wanda like walks through a wall. And how cool is that? Like I thought that was so cool. Yeah. See, that was actually one of my very few nitpicks of this movie was that they just stood there and waited. And it was just like a little bit too dramatic for me with the rain slowing or the, not the rain, the dripping water slowing yep. down yeah. and just, you would go to the character and then back at the wall and back to a different character and back at the wall. It's like, okay, we get it. She's going to pop through just like get on with it. I know. I know. But Hey, that's the, that's the scary movie stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they, they end up trapping her in a bunch of water and jump through this well they get, they get to this door so basically there's this door to a place called the gap junction that is the the in between of i'm gonna have to double check in the comics if that's a thing but anyway it's opened by a watch and this was another great moment too where dr strange thought that he could open it and he's like all right i got this and then he's like i don't know what's going on and she's like steven steven and like shows him the watch and then he looks at it and he pauses and he goes thank you and I just, I, again, another great moment of him realizing, you know, you, you get by, like the Beatles would say, you get by with a little help from your friends and mm-hmm. like, let them help you. And that was cool. I liked that, that the watch opens up the door. It's the, the key. Uh, and we get to see the MacGuffin again, the Book of Vishanti that uh, does not last long. <laughs> also, another nitpick there that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about when I was watching. I was like, 
can you how about you use your magic to close the door yeah right it just came from but maybe it's because once it's closed you would need the watch again to open it and you can't get in from the other side so maybe that makes sense but god they get so close to that damn book and then you know america gets her hair pulled and there's wanda and she okay so what was it that she did she she mind controls america well first she burns the book <laughs> so the mm-hmm. book is destroyed so great we're done um but then she uses america to crack a hole open and throws strange and christine through the hole and then she creates a different hole for them to go right back to where they began tosses her through i loved that and then the portal closes and she's like my boys and then jumps back through the door. I'm like, I can't wait to see if we ever do. Like, what is that Wanda's life going to be like from here oh, on? I know. Of like, oh yeah, we have a bunch of CCTV footage of you coming in and murdering these Avengers that were secretly meeting. We don't know why they were meeting, but you still <laughs> murdered all of them. That's not not cool. Uh, but yeah, so uh, what did you think of that whole bit? Like, were you did you think that we'd get them grabbing the book, or did you were you like, ah, no, that makes sense. I mean. I- I thought that he would have at least opened it, started to read it, and then before he got to do the spell, you know, then the book got yeah. taken. But he he maybe got to read the first couple words, and then it was taken from him. Um, but I just, it was like a little bit odd to have you know the Scarlet Witch leaving that universe as Wanda's body, and then exactly she like just like superhero jumps and is like my boys. Like that was just a little bit peculiar. Well, but because she wouldn't have known anything that was going on. Right. But she just like knew like she's not like, where the hell am I? Like she just knew to well, jump. Yeah, the door. that part, because she did look a little confused. But I, yeah, not to the point where I would have been like, I mean, she almost seemed a little bit like Stephen Grant of like, OK, well, I'll just go with it. You know, yeah, and, right. You know, he just he would always end up in those random situations and never was like, what the hell is going on? It was always like, eh, OK, I'll call my mom. So I wonder if like this is not only the second time that she's dream walked into this one day, like if it's happened multiple times before. Oh, so maybe wow. there is something to that where it's like, yeah, this keeps happening. And I keep ending up in weirder spots. Like first I ended up like lying on the kitchen floor and now I'm in the gap junction. Like what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we can start calling that place the Gap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but that's great. So, uh, so they, so she sends Strange and Christine to uh, an, another another universe, and in this universe, this one's dying. So this universe is at the point of an incursion. Uh, that was the other mention too about the incursions, is they according in the comics, they're eight. They last eight hours from the point of detection. So once you can detect that there's an incursion, you've got about eight hours before they both of the places destroyed. So you see this very similar to the what if Dr. Strange, where things are starting to move and disappear. The universes are colliding. I think you see like car lights driving around with no cars attached to them. Mm -hmm. There's like a bit of the ocean that comes in on the ground. Very, very cool and trippy. Uh, And then we see a perfectly, uh, perfectly fine sanctum sanctorum in the middle of nowhere, which I was like, ah, and they're like, I'm sure he's going to know the answer. I'm like, yeah, he's going to, because He's the only spot where nothing's happening. So yeah. clearly we know who caused this, uh, but it was still cool. And seeing him enter the creepy house and, you know, he had to prove that he's not from this multiverse, uh, which was sad. I did not see that coming. I was like, dang, Donna dying in a, um, you know, in the ice. And I was wondering too. So maybe like his Donna died in a car accident or something. And so mm-hmm. that's the proof that he needs is like, no one knows that she's died, but also it's a different death. So yeah, you're from a different universe. Yeah. I, 
when they said that, like, I was like, yeah, this is terribly sad. But then in the back of my mind, I kept laughing. I go, Donna and Dr. Strange, like the, their parents. I know it's, his name is not Dr. Strange, but like Donna and Doctor, they both named him with a D. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I was thinking that too. But then I was like, so Steven and Donna, uh, which is very, uh, those are like some old timey names, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was cool. And then we learn that uh, we learn, and we're going, we're getting on in on this. Yeah. We, so we see, I'm calling him Darkhold Strange. Okay. And so he is essentially the same Doctor Strange, but he is he is a closer variant to Supreme Strange from What If, in that he wanted to find a universe where him and Christine could be together. He couldn't find one, and he kind of gave up versus the other doctor strange didn't give up and kept going and that's why he got to where he was but this one kind of gave up and instead said you know what i'm just gonna kill some doctor stranges instead <laughs> and goes to do that because the dark holds corrupting him and because of that it's caused some incursions because he is messing with things that he should not be messing with um, which was interesting he mentions you know you ever feel like you're falling in your dream it's probably him pushing a doctor strange off a cliff which is really messed up but I love this too because Doctor Strange didn't really care about any of it. He's like, ah, yeah, that's really crazy. All the more reason to give me the book. Why don't you hand it over? I'll take it. And he's like, ah, no, it corrupts the it corrupts the reader. And he's like, ah, all the more reason to take a break. Give it to me for a moment. It'll be <laughs> fine. I was like, dude, you're not going to convince him. And then we get the music fight, which I thought was amazing. I mean, there are so many moments in this movie where Danny Elfman's score really shown. And this was obviously... This was like, again, if we're letting Sam Raimi do whatever he wants, he's going to give Danny Elfman a little bit of a moment. And this was a cool moment. I've never seen this before. Uh, what a cool way to do magic of like using musical notes and the crazier the music, the more powerful it is using the one note from the harp that explodes the entire thing and then kills him eventually. What'd you make of this entire sort of scene with uh, Darkhold Strange? Yeah, I I loved this music fight. I I I think it was just so interesting, such an interesting way to bring almost not breaking the fourth wall, but bring what was going on with the score that was going to be there regardless into the actual visual and the action. Yeah, it was it was cool, and it also was kind of like in um in What If, where we saw the runes being like tossed at um oh yeah Good supreme strange and it was it was like that instead of it being ruins it was music notes yeah so it was kind of kind of similar to that and that's the vibes it, it gave me and it was just i loved it i thought it was really cool when he has you know individual notes going at him but then he also has like them on the stanza just like as a shield like that's yeah it's so cool yeah um great and yeah so he kicks him out the window kills him which i was like Nice. Okay, cool. That saves some trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, and Christine, yeah, and, oh, and that was pretty funny too, where he uh, he's like, I'll give you the dark hold if you help me get Christine. And yeah. she's like, he's like, uh, I don't think so. And then he says, oh, too bad. Uh, which I, he, he was definitely messed up in the head. And he had a really long goatee too. He definitely needed a dirt nap for sure. <laughs> Um, so we get to this part that we actually forgot to mention, which was uh, at the very beginning, the dead Doctor Strange, they end up burying him in uh, on the top of a roof. And I love that line, too. And he's like, this has to be breaking an ordinance. He's like, I buried worse, uh, which was like, what have you buried, my, my dude? But he uh, which lends to what you were saying, though, because I think him being stabbed a couple times by that creature 
quickly decayed his body because he had only been underground for a little while. But we get to another amazing, amazing camera scene. Uh, he gets the dark hold, starts working on it. Christine shows up and she's like, oh, my God, Stephen, this is exact. This is exactly what I was talking about. And he's like, what? Like, I'm doing this for the greater good. You don't understand. Just let me do it. And it's like. That's exactly what you do, though, Dr. Strange. Um, but in this case, it really was. <laughs> Christine, please, it really was. Uh, and so he possesses. He says, I need you to guard my body. And she's like, from what? And he says, the souls of the damned. And then she's like, I thought, wait a minute. I thought you had to go into a living body. And he says, it doesn't say anything about it having to be living. And then lightning cracks. The screen goes black. We see the eyes of the zombie strange open up on the camera. And then it flashes back to the other Dr. Strange going, and it was just perfect. Like I could not have asked for a better spooky, but metaphysical and mystical sort of, I mean, when he whips all the candles around him, this just felt like the Dr. Strange movie we always deserved. And I mean, this is how I felt when I was watching what if was like, man, that, that what if episode should have been the first Dr. Strange movie. And then this would have been, Actually, it wouldn't have worked that way because he would have been dead. But this was so crazy in that way of like, this felt like total Doctor Strange. Like madness, maybe? Oh, it was. Yeah, very much <laughs> madness. Yes. Um, But yeah, it was it was thrilling. I mean, seeing this zombie Doctor Strange, uh, him just popping out of that grave. And it's just like your classic, just sitting up in the grave half up. And it's... Uh, it yeah, and awesome. then you're like, oh, what's going to be next? And he just sling rings to where he needs to go, so we don't even, you know, waste any time. And we get to those demons who legit scared me when they showed up and said, "Stephen Strange possessing a dead body is forbidden." And I was like, oh no, you know, magic always has a cost. And so they start attacking him, and we get the uh, I I I didn't realize this was a divisive scene, but we get a very Sam Raimi scene. And we get something that you're never going to see Rachel McAdams do again, unless we're lucky, which is we get the camera shot of her trying to stop the zombies and her going, ah, which was so great. And then we get her using that thing, some sort of cauldron going, go back to hell and using it and shooting at them. I was cheering during that scene. That would have been, didn't make my Mount Rushmore of moments, but that's right there below them because I just was like, she is ha Rachel McAdams is eating this up. She's having the time of her life and Sam Raimi's having the time of his life. And we are all benefiting from it because of this. So she does that gets to Steven and says, you, it, it's funny. We didn't mention this, but like Dr. Strange used Carl Mordo's uh, used what he knew about him in his universe to influence him in this universe by saying, you know what, I probably you probably cheated to get here, and you you probably gave me the dark hold. I loved that line. Uh, and Christine did the same thing with Strange here, where she's like, "These are just souls. Use them." And then his eyes go, and he's like, "Ah, yes." And then we're like, "Yes!" And you know, he combines them all into that that uh, creepy cloak. What'd you think of all of that? What'd you think of Christine's scene and and her encouragement? It was awesome. I mean, she finally gets some real. In, in this movie gets some real lines and some real action and real stuff to do. She's not just the, the love interest who's there yeah. to support his every whim. Like she's her own character in this movie and she defends herself and she's awesome. Um, it, it's super interesting to see how Marvel portrays souls in the MCU because they're always like, I mean, especially 
with the mysticism aspect, like in Shang-Chi, we saw the soul eaters, like, and, you know, they're these like gray bat looking creatures. And in this movie, they're almost very similar looking. So like, it's, they're like, obviously it's the, the souls of the damned is what they were called in this one. Right. Yeah. And then the other one, they're the soul eaters. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, Shang-Chi, that there's very similar or similar aspects. Obviously, we saw Wong in that movie, the the mysticism. So it's just interesting to think about the two of them in comparison versus um, the people eating the souls versus the actual souls. Um, sorry if that was a random No, that's point, a good point, but... I think. And, and I wonder if, if there was some meaning behind that. And I, I'm curious, too, of like, we've seen a lot with evil souls but we don't see a lot with good souls. I mean, you kind of did in Shang-Chi when they're taking the people's souls, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's like the evil souls are the ones that usually get summoned. It's not so much the, like a good soul that gets summoned, but it'd be cool if maybe one day they do that of like yeah. the soul of uh, uncle, uncle Ben or Aunt May or something like that. I don't know. That just came to my head. Yeah. But yeah, so he's got all these soul, he's these souls of the damned. And at the same time, Wanda is, she's got America up on the altar um, she got her trapped. She threw Wong off of the, the Wundagore mountain. So he's been climbing up the ledge of the mountain. And I love that he actually takes out the main um, Khan character. And then Dr. Strange shows up and he gives his little cheer strange and gets, you know, excited. I don't even want to know when he, when he gets up, that was great. But we get the zombie fight between him and Wanda and we get even more Sam Raimi bits of all of the souls surrounding Wanda. She was kind of freaking out and figuring out how to fight them. Um, we get his dead body crawling around, which was great. And then we get the um, such a great pep talk that ends up being both his character growth and growth for America, which is um, Wong tells him, which was kind of a surprise. I wasn't expecting it to be Wong, but I get it because the situation was so serious of, you know, he says, uh, Strange, you need to take America's power because they're trying to capture Wanda and she's breaking through. And he's like, you need to take her power. And he says, I know what I need to do. And it's so heartbreaking that at this point too, America says, I know you need to do this and it's okay. Like I, she has basically, she is okay with dying, which is to me is insane for a 14 year old that she's Mm -hmm. finally gotten to this point where she's like, I understand. But he tells her, he says, no, that's not what I'm going to do. You can do this. And she's like, no, I can't, I can't control it. And he, he says, Every single time you've used your power, you've taken us somewhere we need, where we've needed to be. And she says, but what about the first time? And he says, that first time led you to this moment. And I thought that that was so good. And then he goes, and he gives a little wink to her, a little (laughs) zombie wink. And I, I just, I can't express how happy that scene made me. And then she does, she gives like a, it was like so Sam Raimi. If he gives the wink, she gives this kind of like knowing look of like, yeah. And then she gets up and fights Wanda, punches her a couple times, kicks her, and realizes too, which was great. So we get so this is double setup, right? Which is that yes, Strange could have taken her power and done this himself, but instead he is now through his arc choosing to trust others and choosing to put his trust into somebody, especially in a group of people that he has not had a great track record with, which is the young people. Uh, And he, you know, we see that touched on a bit in Spider-Man where he's starting to warm up. But I think this is the message of like, he's going to turn into this mentor type character going forward of like, 
he respects these young people now and what they want to do. And he's like, you got this, you can do it. But at the same time, in giving her that trust, she now has the confidence to say, I, I know I can't beat you. And she says, so I'm going to do something else. So I'm going to give you what you want. And so this is my fourth Mount Rushmore moment, which is she takes her, takes Wanda to the other universe and her kids get to see her for exactly as she is. And they freak out. And we get this such a touching scene. Uh, and and before we dive into that scene, uh, what did you think of the whole kind of pep talk and, and her fighting Wanda? Yeah, so before I get into that, just quickly, I wanted to mention about the a Wong, uh, about Wong taking out the Chathong creature and then oh. him with the strange thing. Like in the trailers, that scene with him yelling strange, it seemed to be like he was like strange, save me, like I'm falling. Right. So I was under the impression when we got that, like that scene was going to be um, Wong's death. Like I assumed. Oh, wow. so to see it be in a positive light, like, yes, strange was like really exciting. But um, I think that like it was it was really you know, important for Dr. Strange's arc. And it was really important for uh, America's arc as well to see that somebody believes in her and, and change her path because the last Dr. Strange that she met, like, you know, betrayed her. And I'm sure that other people she's encountered along the way have betrayed her and not had trust in her because she was just a kid. So it was really important for her to see that people believe in her. Um, so it, it went both ways and that was really important. And just her laying into wanda punches and punches and just you know awesome and then um you know i'll let you talk about what wanda sees but there's something really interesting a little easter egg in that that i want to mention after easter egg maybe maybe not an easter egg but a metaphor when she's in that universe yeah when she goes to the when she when america is showing her what is it let's hear it so on the TV, Snow White is playing. Right. And um, my fiance, Justine, actually is the one who pointed this out to me, that Snow White is a story about innocence being taken away and being poisoned and things like that. And that's what happened in this movie. Uh, like uh, Wanda wow. was poisoned by the dark cold and the kids' innocence was taken away. America's innocence was taken away. Wanda's innocence was taken away. And, you know, the fact that because... Marvel owns Disney. They were able, or sorry, the way around Disney owns Marvel. They were able to include this. And in the beginning, it was Mickey Mouse. So like, that's, it's right. like, so that, that's just, I think a Disney reference, but this one seemed a little bit more, um, what you call it like intentional. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I noticed Snow White and I was, when I was watching it, I was like, Snow White. Okay. What is it? What is it? What I, I couldn't think of what it was. So that's awesome. I think that's perfect. And yes. makes a lot of sense because in a way there's a, p a piece of this movie is about corruption mm -hmm. and how anybody can be corrupted. Like America can be corrupted from losing her power. Someone's trying to corrupt her. Wanda gets corrupted. Dr. Strange gets corrupted. Um, every it's all, that's all it's, it's, that's crazy. It's like a subtle theme throughout it is like, how do yeah. you fight back that corruption? How do you not take the easy way out? Which is in some ways doing it yourself. Right. Yeah. How so. do you how do you work on that trust? That's awesome. Great insight on that. Um, and so the reason this is my Mount Rushmore is because I just remember both times I got choked up 
when Wanda walks, when she falls to her knees and the other Wanda walks up to her, puts her hand on her and says, know that they will be loved. And then they go back to the universe. I just, the, that clicked for her. And now she realizes what am I doing? Like the dark hold, this is insane. And so she decides to uh, destroy all of the dark holds. And I thought that that was an amazing path forward, both from a character development and also from plot perspective, because now that MacGuffin is off the table <laughs> and we can't use it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was great because I was, I was like, Oh, what about, and then, you know, his book goes away. I was like, she must have destroyed them in all universes. I was like, nice. That's awesome. So that was great. Um, my note here says uh, she then disappears. Uh, she crumbles this this uh, this tomb in a sense. Uh, that's what she said it was. It was a tomb, I think. But basically so, she crumbles the building down on her. But we see a red light. So you know that she disappeared and went somewhere else or whatever this next story is for her that we need. But I, I think this is enough and an effective way to get her off the table for a little bit, let her breathe, let her find Agatha again and have her. Uh, and maybe that's what house of Harkness is going to be about is her and Agatha kind of coming to terms with what she did being like, wow, Wanda, you know, we have a lot more in common than you'd think, but also, you know, we don't have a dark hold anymore. So neither of them can really get corrupted, uh, but they can learn from each other. And so I hope, I hope we see something like that where she starts figuring out, you know, what, what mistakes she made, how she can deal with them. And then she comes back when we need somebody that has her power level um, mm -hmm. or when we just need a good story. Because again, in my personal opinion, I feel like every time we've seen her has just been just a cool new twist or something new for Elizabeth Olsen to chew on. Um, she's probably just loving this time in her life of getting to play the same, like getting to play a character like that, but have so many different facets to it Yeah, uh, has got to be cool. Yeah, uh, did I mean, you think the same thing? Do you think she's dead or gone? No, I mean, it's like you said earlier in the episode, you know, nobody, yep. no, no not dead. So I think the fact that she was able to destroy the Darkhold in all universes leads me to believe that the, it looked, I mean, obviously they could be playing with our perception of how things played out, but it looked like the building collapsed and then the Darkholds disappeared in other timelines. So I feel like that leads us to believe that she's not dead because she was actively destroying the dark hold and all the other universes. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that would be my money is on too. Uh, and then we get, we're back now in the, the, the dying universe and Dr. Strange and Christine are there or an America told zombie strange, like I'll come find you. So we're basically now waiting for them to get picked up by uh, the Uber. And I was <laughs> for half a second though, I was like, this better not be the ending that that like the next movie is her going to find Doctor Strange. And thankfully it wasn't, you know, he mm -hmm. goes and get, he gets found. But they have another amazing conversation between him and Christine where he says, I've, I've he says, I've had a problem of, of not being able to share how I feel uh, and, and doing these things is because I'm scared. I'm scared. And he says, but I, I've loved you in every universe. And she puts the same thing, puts her hand on his cheek. Doesn't kiss him, which I loved. Um, just says, face your fears, Stephen. And I thought that was perfect. And then the portal shows up and they leave. And uh, and that's the end before kind of the epilogue. But what do you think of that as like the goodbye? I mean, we knew that they weren't going to be able to get together because they're from two different universes. And that's, yeah. that, that itself could cause an incursion, taking somebody permanently out of another universe. I feel like that's... A, I mean, I don't know exactly how incursions work, but 
I'm assuming that if you're punching a hole in the multiverse, that could cause an inversion. Taking somebody out of a multiverse somewhere to go somewhere else also seems like something that could cause an incursion. Um, so we knew that it wasn't going to work from that aspect, but it was a good way for, for both of them to get closure, I think. And yeah. that's, that's all you could ask for is actually having closure and trying to, to be happy. I mean, that was the through line from the beginning is, are you happy? Yep. And he gave the half-hearted yes at the beginning. And now that he has closure, maybe he can actually move on to the path of happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then we've got an epilogue of sorts, a couple of epilogues, you could say. Uh, I've got America the Sorcerer. So she is now being trained in Kamertage, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. uh, my guess being that obviously she doesn't know how to control her power. So look at Kamertage as Xavier's home for gifted youngsters. She's just learning how to harness herself. Maybe she'll learn a couple bits of magic as well. Uh, which would be kind of cool to maybe help pinpoint where her parents are is what I figured. Maybe she has some locating spell or something. If she could um, get a, she get a sling ring so she can control not only the, where she goes in the multiverse, but where she goes in that timeline in the multiverse. Yeah, that would be cool. Cause we see she, by the end of it, she kind of seems like she mastered it. Cause she punches straight to Dr. Strange. She punches straight to the universe. Wanda needed to go to, uh, but it is a, it's a question of when and also where within that universe, right? Yeah. Like where exactly in the universe. So very good. Um, he fixes it. Well, we get a great line where they're walking away. He bows to uh, Wong, which was, again, perfect character growth of being humble and deciding to support his friends. And then she comes up and she's like, hey, wait. And he's like, what? And she goes, hey, which was the uh, the culmination of that family guy bit. Uh, finally got yeah. full circle hi <laughs> and she, he's like hey what's up and she's like that was pretty cool you know i made some sparks back there like i, I love that that reminded me a little bit of katie too mm -hmm. like i got a couple arrows in there do you see that guabong <laughs> and uh the uh she then says something i'm glad that i came to your universe and he says so my kid so am I. And then he turns around. I love that. That felt like such a Casablanca. Here's looking at you, kid type mm -hmm. thing. Uh, but it really did to me solidify him being like, he's there for the kids now. He's there to he's there to train the next generation, which I thought was great. Um, but then we see at the very end again, he fixes his watch, which was cool. Uh, walks outside, and the third eye opens, and he freaks out. Uh, which I thought was a perfect way of ending it. Classic scary movie ending of like, mm. oh no, there's actually something scary. Though this is a Marvel movie, so we know very quickly that that is not exactly how it went, right? He seems like he actually has a little bit of control over it now as a certain Clea, played by Charlize Theron, uh, shows up and says that he created an incursion and they need to get to the dark dimension to fix it, which he willingly joins her with. Uh, so what'd you make of that ending in the post credit scene? It was, I mean, definitely unexpected. I tried to avoid spoilers for this movie, and I think I did a pretty good job. Uh, I definitely did not hear anything about this, see anything about this. I don't know a ton about Clea, um, but from what I have heard now that we've seen her, this could be a really awesome setup for whatever he does next, whether it's a third movie or as a storyline in another. Um, it, it was just kind of weird like it almost just looks like she took her her space knife and just tore a slit in a piece of paper like in the like fabric of reality the, the dark materials books the golden compass books yeah like it was 
it was super weird and super cool to go back and see that dark dimension where we had that epic fight with Dormammu from the first movie. And that was just like super interesting, but Oh, third eye strange is creepy. creepy. Oh yeah. That third eye is super creepy. Oh, but get this and let's see if I can, um, Oh, I should have put it in, but uh, in these Hickman issues in like the second issue, strange has a third eye Oh snap! in it. So like, he, they're setting all of this up yeah uh, which is kind of where uh we have now found ourselves so to almost two and a half hours in we've it took us a little bit longer than the actual movie to go up with everything let me hit on some of these other bits uh that i just jotted down so that i don't forget which was yeah i loved the chasing shots the close-ups superimposing during the mordo explanation with the t uh, but the campy moments like that what's what's in this tea i love that all of the illuminati got a moment to shine uh, each of them got some cool thing to do before they got killed. But I also love that they all were killed in service of showing how powerful Wanda is, which mm -hmm. I'm always here for that sort of thing. Uh, love that she got the spotlight in this movie. A uh, lot of focusing on the eyes. And let's see. Yes, yeah, self-discovery. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so here's here's where we're at. Here's my prediction. We're, we're talking about predictions. Here's what I wrote. Oh, can I just... Yeah. One thing really quick that I Please. meant to mention before. So... You know, we get the pizza papa, and this is going back way a little bit before. Yeah. And she's like, you know, the first rule, you don't know anything about the, about the universe you're in. Second rule, always find food. It's weird that you have to pay for food. Find pizza. Pizza's always the best food. <laughs> uh, America Chavez is literally the human superpowered version of Lucky the Pizza Dog. That's very true. Very accurate. And I love that. I, I just wanted to point that out because like she says, find pizza. When we meet her the first time, Dr. Strange takes her for pizza. Yep. She has uh, the pizza balls in the uh, 838 universe. And, you know, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious when she's like, you know, always find food. Except in the paint universe. It's kind of hard to eat in that yeah, one. Yeah, it's kind of hard to eat there. <laughs> she's Sorry. so cool. I cannot wait to see where her story goes from here. And uh, and we'll we'll talk about that. We'll di so we'll dive into predictions and uh, kind of predictions of where we see these characters going next too. So my overall prediction, and mm -hmm. I'll be curious to see what you think. Here's what I've got: the Illuminati referenced incursions, the colliding universes. The un that universe eight three eight is now useless though because everyone that knew about it is dead, and that universe in a sense is dead. But Doctor Strange now has that information. So. We just got a huge reveal of what will come. Strange is going to gather a group of people, uh, not the Avengers, but the Illuminati, right? But I'm curious, is he even going to call it the Illuminati? Because he doesn't want it to be, the, he doesn't, like he knows what that Illuminati did now. Is he going to pick a different name maybe like New Avengers? Uh, but call them and gathers them together to let them know about the multiverse, about the incursions, uh, and about them getting worse. And maybe that's what happens, right? Is I said, just like Black Panther does in these, these issues, he's like telling them about this. Uh, but I said, I bet the Fantastic Four movie deals with these slightly in the sense that Strange goes to find Reed and sets him off on how to figure out how to stop them. Uh, this could also come after the next movie with Clea. So there's still plenty of time to have a couple of movies that deal with incursions. Uh, and killing other Earths. Should we kill this Earth? Should we not? But then the Avengers level event is that the 616 universe and another universe are about to collide, which creates that Secret Wars Avengers level movie. Uh, and that obviously not all of these elements will be in it, right? They're going to change some things. But I think in, in terms of overall planning forward, 
uh, with the, the amount of things that happened in No Way Home, Loki, here, there's just so many different people pressing the buttons of the multiverse right now that I feel like that that's our, like, this is the Avengers Ultron, Age of Ultron movie of right now. Not a lot of people are fans of it. I think it's going to age really well. And you're going to point to Reed Richards talking about the incursions the same way we now point to Tony Stark saying that's the end game up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I that, That's my bet. That's more my money's at. What about you? So do you think that the next Avengers movie is called Avengers Incursions? We get the actual name of the movie in the movie that that would be really cool because I, I know that the, the be, Secret but... Wars one, they're not going to call it Avengers Secret Wars. They should just call it Secret Wars. Right. But I would love to see another Avengers title, something like that, because it's like, what are we going to do with all the young heroes, too, though? Because they're they're too young to worry about this sort of stuff. So I'm curious to see where that all sorts of sort of plays out. Did you have any predictions? Yeah. So you, you said that Doctor Strange is going to start building out kind of a team, not an Avengers team but a team of people to help deal with the multiverse and maybe not call them the Illuminati. But we did also talk heavily in this episode about how he's here for the kids. Like, does he right. build out a new Avengers roster of, or a, sorry, a young Avengers roster of people to help him deal with this? Or at least he's the leader of, and of this young Avengers team. I mean, right. a lot of these people that are on this team, you know, he's been, in contact with some way or another. I mean, you have Spider-Man who could be on this team, even if he doesn't know who Peter Parker is. Um, America Chavez, Billy and Tommy. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who could be on this team that, you know, he's had contact with. But I think that you're absolutely right. We're headed towards Secret Wars, whether it's three years from now or eight years from now. You know, we're headed towards there. And I'm just... I'm super excited for what we get next with the mutants and fantastic, fantastic four and in humans. I mean, yeah, we, there's, there's rumors and I don't know how true they are, but we may be getting some Daisy Johnson quake in secret invasion. And Ooh. if the, if the inhumans now officially exist in Canon MCU, which we may also get some information about in Miss Marvel, then you know, that's a way that Inhumans exist and we get Quake. So yep. I'd, be, I'd be awesome. But I think that this next Doctor Strange movie, I, it may very well heavily take place in the Dark Dimension, mo- maybe not even mostly on Earth, or at least in another multiverse. And there was a lot of mention of, uh, at least between Wanda and Doctor Strange, dreamwalking, but also nightmares. And we know right. that Nightmare is a character, so that could have been just teasing Nightmare's appearance at a future point. Maybe Nightmare is somewhere in the dark dimension. Yeah. So. Causing some havoc, and they have to work with Dormammu or something. Like, I would love it if they teamed up with Dormammu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be fine if they see him fight again, but I, I also would like to see the humanoid version of Dormammu, too, not the giant face. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like to see the flame head and the cool costume that he's got and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of any of the other characters too, of like, uh, yeah, I think we kind of talked about Wanda. I think she's in a period of, of respite now of, of exile almost. So I have a question that I don't know if you even would know the answer to as well. When in that scene where Mordo, uh, is explaining about dream walking and the tea, he drinks the tea and he falls to the ground and he looks and it looks like there's this green flame type thing. Yeah. What is that? 
That was the Sands of Nasanti. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, that... he says he says something like the Sands of Nasanti, and I was like, "What is he talking about?" And then it was like Christine said she used them oh, to craft okay. the thing. So I think that was just like extras. Or something. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, so it wasn't like something that's you know teasing that this thing is captured and can be unleashed no no i I, and i was looking for that as well but i was like oh yeah he did just say it's the same thing that she said which i guess Um, is just it it negates magic or something like that yeah but if we could get a humanoid dormammu and then we're gonna face nightmare oh that would be awesome yeah man um yeah so i think uh also i had a note here too to say that um oh okay i said i had thought that he was with the Illuminati for what happened to Spider-Man and that America would be with him. And I said, probably one of my favorite MCU moments now, which is Dr. Strange and America Chavez. This is a real sentence. This is canon. Dr. Strange and America Chavez go to another universe and meet with an Illuminati that is killed by Scarlet Witch possessing a version of herself. That exists now. And I also put Black Bolt whispering in his MCU canon now too, uh, which is just amazing. So we got so much in this movie. And it was such a, I mean, the movie was shorter than this episode. It was quick. It was fast paced. Uh, It felt like it was just go, go, go in the best way. And I feel like there's so much about it that we're going to be devouring in the uh, months to come. I think too, a a piece of this is I I think our theories are going to be we're going to figure out pretty soon because I, I think they've been holding back on sharing what's next for Marvel. Uh, we don't really know anything beyond uh, the Ant-Man and Captain Marvel movies next year. Obviously like, Oh, we've heard about blade. We've heard about fantastic four, but that's all it is. Like we, we just know about four more movies now, which is unheard of, right? Mm-hmm. They usually have a list. And so Kevin Feige just said that they were going to be in their first in-person meeting uh, talking about the next 10 years uh, we've got the D23 Expo, which is in August, which Thor, I think, is also going to be another really big one that's going to crack some things open. So I think at that D23 Expo or maybe at Comic-Con, they're going to announce a ton of stuff and you're going to start seeing uh, this is where things are going. I can't wait for that. Oh, I know. It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so good. Yeah, those are, those are so exciting to just see the news drop and everybody just, whether they're in the audience or not, like everybody just goes ballistic on social media. It's amazing. Yeah. And what are they, here's the question too. This was, I, I talked about this in the voice chat the other day. Um, so the next thing coming up, we've got our Thor trailer. Hopefully we don't see anything else though. I have a bad feeling we will, um, <laughs> but black Panther is next and black Panther has like, is just steeped in controversy, right? We got everything with Letitia, Wright, Everything with Chadwick Boseman but they have to show a trailer, right? Like eventually they're going to have to show a trailer. So what are they going to show in that trailer? And when will they share that trailer? Because if they choose to recast T'Challa, is that a decision that is going to be a game time one where the fans find that out when they see the movie? Or is that something that you just show in a trailer? Or is that something you announce at Comic-Con? Because my thought being, okay, so if you said, yes, we are going to recast that character, the easiest way to get buy-in for that new character would be to show footage with the character, right? Like you could just say, yeah, we're going to, we cast X, Y, and Z and people are going to just argue about it. Oh, he's terrible. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're great. They're terrible. But if you actually show footage 
then you could say, oh, that's actually badass. That's perfect play. But do you spoil that in a trailer or do you save that for the movie? So they're in a, they're honestly in a very tough spot, I think. So I'm very curious to see what they release because obviously they're going to need to release a timeline sort of. They typically do that if here's what's coming next, but they usually also release a little bit of footage of something or they release it. They use that to release a trailer. So I'd be curious on your thoughts on that. Do you think they're going to go those routes? I'm under the impression that at least for this movie, they were not planning on cast recasting the role of T'Challa. If they're recasting Black Panther, you know, as someone, right? Yeah. So that's what you meant, like they're recasting Black Panther. Not no, T'Challa. I meant T'Challa. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm under the impression they are not doing that. Could things change? Absolutely, especially with you know the like you said the controversy surrounding some of the act, uh, actors in this movie. But I. Uh, if you're going to do that, I feel like that's an announcement you need to make and bring out the actor at Comic-Con and show footage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because you can't just, I feel, uh, I feel like you can't just, you know, recast Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa without, you know, some, some kind of press conference for exactly. not even a press conference, but. So when um, do they, that's the question. And that's where I think, it's going to be interesting to see just because every path that they have available has some sort of like, Ooh, that, that'd be tough for them to do. So it'll be curious to see wh which path they choose. How are they going to share this? Cause they have to show a trailer at some point. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we do have, you're right. You said we have four movies left and they need to show a trailer for this one. And by the time uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever comes out, we're going to need a trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So, you know, and then there's only one more movie after that. Right. But the thing is, we have so many Disney Plus shows. And but even those no don't know movies. anything about. Exactly. Like, we have a trailer for Miss Marvel. And we have about 30 seconds of footage from She-Hulk. And a single shot of Nick Fury from Secret Invasion. And right. that's it. And there's, what, 10 other shows that are, like, in production or at least being uh, written right now? We have nothing from them. So to get an updated timeline, and I wonder if they'll do it when they do their either Comic-Con or D23, if it'll be a full slate timeline or if they'll separate the timelines between Disney Plus and yep. MC. Um, Maybe uh, like theatrical. the movies and the Comic-Con and then the Disney Plus shows during D23. Which is, something. I think, what they did for the first the last D23, right? Because that was the first slate of Disney Plus announcements. Was that the last time they did Disney movie? They did Marvel movies was 2019. Yeah. Everything since has just been Disney Plus and then, you know, an update here or there. Variety type announcements of the date, the release date has shifted. They have not announced any new movies since then. Right. So I'm just, I. I'm excited for Thor. I'm excited for Miss Marvel. I'm excited for whenever we're going to get She-Hulk. Probably yep. in the fall would be my guess, or maybe like September-ish. Yeah. Uh, and then may, who knows? Maybe we'll get Secret Invasion this year, like maybe towards the end in like December. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm really looking forward to that one as well. Me too. But then I also, I love announcements. I love, you know, trades and in sports and news and stuff like that so this is like the equivalent of like a trade deadline or a free agency in sports so i'm super excited for that yeah yeah i can't wait and now we have yet another movie that we can add to the list of just things for us to enjoy in the future and and to those of you too who maybe have been listening and and 
either you don't agree with anything that we've been saying, and I'd say I'm so sorry that you've been watching for two and a half hours on this end, <laughs> but I, I think this is a really exciting time to be a Marvel fan because you're starting to see the delineation between fandoms in a sense and not even necessarily fandoms but more so like preferences because uh and i, I we had talked about this uh earlier uh, before recording but just this idea that marvel is releasing so much content right now do, you d- do not feel obligated to like every single thing that they're putting out you certainly don't have to obviously it's marvel so the assumption is that it's going to be great but they're so diverse now in the people that they're having both in front of the screen and behind the screen, that it's bound to have an effect where some of these things you're not going to like. There's going to be a director that you're not a fan of, or there's going to be performance choices that you're not a fan of, or casting that you're not a fan of, and that's totally fine. But think about all of the other people that are now loving this this thing because of that. So you're going to get brand new fans into the fold. You're going to have other fans that say, hey, you know what? This one's not my cup of tea. I'd put Multiverse of Madness at the bottom of my list. That's awesome. Now we have different ranking lists because mm-hmm. everyone's lists are the exact same. So we're getting into this time when it's almost going to be more fun to discuss this sort of stuff because there's valid arguments on both sides. And so we're we're just we're getting into a really cool time where there's yeah. just so much content. You can either you can either love all of it, hate all of it, or or take and you know take your pick of what you want. And I think that's really cool. So speaking of that, Alex, you said you know everyone's going to have different rankings. I don't know if you need to give me an exact spot where it falls into uh, in terms of MCU projects, but would you put this in? Let's say a top ten, a top fifteen, top half, bottom. Where where would yeah, you put this I would, movie? I, easily in my top ten. Uh, that's about as far as I could go though. I'm still toying with it. I have it right now. I have it right behind Thor Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. but again, I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok in a while and I'll obviously be rewatching that before this one comes out. Uh, So we'll see where that one falls. But yeah, I just, like I said, this is, this was, this was a movie made for me. So I, I loved it. And I, I've been blessed because I love this movie. I loved Eternals. I love Spike, like every movie, save for maybe Black Widow, which I still liked a lot. But, you know, I, I would also put, I'd put it above Shang-Chi. That's, so that's where wow. I have it. Is, okay. is, it's one above Shang-Chi, I think. Yeah, for me, it's definitely above, it's definitely in the top 10 to 12. And I think it's above dr strange and thor ragnarok for me like the first dr strange movie oh yeah so i would put it somewhere because for me shang chi song excuse me shang chi is a top three film for me oh nice okay so i can't put it that high but i would probably put it somewhere in the six to eight range i would say maybe i think i I have it at seven yeah so i think that's that's where it lives for me right now. Obviously, recency bias is yep. involved, but um, I think on rewatches, especially like you said, as more projects come out, this movie is going to age phenomenally. Yeah, this is going to be one that people are going to want to rewatch a lot. Just not just because of the content within, but it's also it's not hard to rewatch, right? It's only two hours, exactly. So, and you don't really have to stay for the. We didn't even talk about it, the Bruce Campbell post credit scene but you don't even need to stay for that so like are you really you're not really it's probably what two hours and two hours and three minutes two yeah. hours and a minute that it is with all of that mm-hmm. um but yeah no so glad it's here glad we could chat about it uh and wow here we are at the end so any final thoughts about this movie anything about you know your theater experience anything like that yeah i just i really really loved this this movie that's that's really what i want to say about it and um 
my theater experience was fine. I mean, there was not a lot of cheering. When the fanfare started, there was tons of cheering. And then as the movie got on, people realized that this is going to be more of a serious movie than some other ones. There's not going to be a lot of banter. There'll be some. There wasn't a lot of laughs. I think my with the cameos and Wanda just brutally murdering the Illuminati, right? my jaw dropped mo- like wide open wider than it has since steve got the hammer in endgame like oh. it has not dropped like that in many many movies so uh it was definitely you know at points jarring at points horrifying but overall like a really really solid movie that i really love yeah and i'm glad i'm glad i can have you on to uh have all of these thoughts memorialized i'm glad it's they've all been i feel like that's how it always is with these marvel ones too when we're prepping for the recording is like all of my thoughts are just above my head swirling around and it's like finally funneling them all in and, and putting yeah. them out there so now i feel like a weight has been lifted off of me which is nice yeah. and even better suit too that we've got later tonight uh not for those listening actually if you're listening to this podcast as it comes out which is today sunday the 8th of may um tonight with earth's mightiest weirdos we're actually going to have a, a doctor strange sunday where i believe it's at 5 30 mountain time so 7 30 eastern uh everyone basically is going to from the multiverse is going to be coming in to share different things about what they like brian and i are going to be kind of co-hosting that uh, and kind of guiding everybody through that conversation. So if you need more Dr. Strange, come on there. This video itself will be premiering uh, Tuesday is when we plan for, for it to be the live stream. But it's nice to have it all out there and all done. So, Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, this was an absolute trip. Yeah, Alex, thank you so much for having me. It's Like I said, it's been a long time coming, and it, it, it's awesome. It, it's so, so much fun to just chat with a fellow Dr. Strange fan and somebody who also loved this movie. So Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Well, great. Hey, for comics and cinema, that's going to do it for us. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we will see you at the movies.